Your U.S. tour dates take you almost up to New Year's Eve. What are your New Year's Eve plans? We'll be hiding somewhere. In a bomb shelter. I'll be I'm at Nick Nick's all your money. I'm going to dig a hole and jump in there and put dirt over it. I'm going to go to the bank and ask for all the money and quarters and nickels. <laughs> no, I haven't got caught up in the hype about the millennium and all that. It was, I'm just living day by day. I mean, I don't want to be in an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> when 12 o'clock comes, New Year's Eve, you know, who knows, who knows what's going to happen with these computers, man. You won't be able to get your money for like two weeks. You know, I think bank records will come back online, but there might be confusion. You know, I wouldn't want to be in a crowded city. I'm not sure I really want to be traveling anywhere. Like, I'm, I, I'm a little bit concerned about that whole Y2K flying air traffic control thing. So I might just want to be somewhere with like a lot of canned goods just in case. I was talking to my mommy this morning on the phone and she's, she's telling me all this, she's like, don't get in an elevator. That's like her, her word, she's like, you're not allowed to get in an elevator. So um, I was like, okay, mommy, I'll, I'll stay away from that one. But you know, planes, uh, the, the whole bit, you know, money, she's like, I think she's like stocking food for, for the next two years. <laughs> what if, what if I'm still gonna be ugly, I'm still gonna be disgusting, and I'm still not gonna have any friends. Yeah, and that's, that's the biggest Y2K uh, problem. That it's not the computers or anything, it's Mark being ugly and not having friends. Nick, 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 Wild Wild West, Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider, no you don't want nada, none of this, six gun in this, brother running this, Buffalo Soldier, look it's like I told you, any damsel that's in distress, be out of that dress when she meet Jim West, rough neck so go check the law and abide, watch your step or flex to get a hole in your side, swallow your pride, don't let your lip react, you don't want to see my hand where my hip be at, without a miss from the start of this, running the game, James West, taming the West, so remember the name. Hey, hey, it's Chris. <laughs> wow. Very good. Everybody is just clapping at home right now, just uproariously on their feet. Yeah. Well, I, I practiced for a solid half an hour this morning. But you must have known those words. Yeah, yeah. From practicing, it's always been my goal to karaoke the song. Wow. I mean, some of that's got to be like, you know, like muscle memory too, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit of it. Well, well, what I I wanted to point out that uh, you know, let's not talk about it. But you know, we all know about what, what Will Smith's uh, you know recent actions of it. Uh, but I would like to say that he gave us fair warning in 1999 when he said, uh, "You don't want to see my hand where my hip be at." And if you recall, as he walks on to st- on the stage, he very casually like has his one hand in his like suit pocket you know as he's walking on the stage kind of like you know getting ready so just saying man you think he was he was still in uh wild wild west (laughs) that is what i'm saying carrying that movie that is exactly what i'm saying (laughs) while uh while chris rock was was worrying about no sex in the champagne room will smith was uh playing the long game man just missing Tom Green. That's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, 
I like I like it, Chris. Topical yet uh, relevant too. You know what I mean? Like uh, 1999 meets 2022. Uh, well, this is episode number 227. We're talking the year in review, 1999. Yeah, we've done it. We've reached the end of the decade. Yeah. Feels good. Sort of. No. It feels like uh, looking over this stuff. It really almost feels like you can you can really uh, sense the shift over Hmm. in things yeah and things get i'm not sure for the so in some ways for the better maybe i guess i mean this is a year of like popular stuff yeah you know what i mean like everything is movies are popular even like this year um music songs that people absolutely like still know instantaneously it just feels like yeah. 19, nine, I think 1999 might be underrated as far as like how important it is in sealing the like feel of the 90s. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I have a little introduction here and then we can jump into the categories. Uh, I found this online. I added it a little bit, but just a little recap of 1999 to get people in the mood. All right, so uh, stories include world worries about Y2K and the Millennium Bug, Columbine High School shootings, Dr. Jack Kevorkian found guilty of second-degree murder, Uh, we have Bill Clinton is acquitted in his impeachment hearings, the euro currency is introduced in Europe, Pakistan and India fight for control of Kashmir, the world's population exceeds 6 billion, the wars in the Balkans continue, causing suffering to the region, but both sides eventually come to the table and agree on peace, the world prepares for the new millennium with parties uh, and computers around the world uh, are tested for the millennium bug, which could cause a wide scale disruption to business and infrastructure if not fixed. But the Melissa virus infecting over a million computers intensifies that fear. Napster, Internet Explorer 5, the earliest version of MySpace, Bluetooth technology, the Mars rover play a part in the rise of Internet technology and mobile phones around the world. Um opening up opportunities for new successful entrepreneurs little recap (laughs) very good (laughs) um yeah but we have a lot of categories people gave us a lot of picks uh so we might as well just jump into these because these episodes are always a doozy uh sure okay where do you guys where do you guys think we should start i'd say let's start with tv show just because we already alluded to it Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's smart. Maybe. Sure. Um, all right. TV show. Uh, yeah, my top show. I think all of our top shows probably Freaks and Geeks. Chris. Oh, I, yeah. I went with the Man Show. Actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> naturally. That's good. good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Freaks and Geeks. Uh, no doubt about it. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a no doubter. Uh, Freaks and Geeks, as well as a- a- Alexandra, Duplicitous, Small Talk, Jordan, Hannah, Bob, Goblin Parade, Max, Melissa, Zach, um, far and away the most popular pick. I mean, boy, it's a masterpiece. It's beyond a television show. I feel like it really is. Uh, I threw it on last night, and mm. I just picked a random episode. Did uh, boyfriends and girlfriends man like i started watching and i'm like i gotta get to bed because i have work in the morning but it was really hard i was like maybe just marathon maybe just sleep on the couch (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's uh yeah it it doesn't there's nothing about it that ages poorly yeah uh it is one of those 
few things that, like, I only have to watch for five seconds before I, like, get the feeling of it, if you know what I mean. Like, it's, like, yeah. so real. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel, I find, like, now it gets harder and harder for me to get fully sucked into movies or TV shows in general, but... Um, it's just one of those ones that instantly transports me. Also, it happens to be, I think, um, one of the first times I hung out with Brett outside of school, and he came over and we watched a Freaks and Geeks marathon that was on. Um, so it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, when it, uh, what was it at the time, ABC Family? Mm-hmm. Um, they were, yep. it was on there. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like once they started re-airing them, it became like a priority of like, oh, freak, <laughs> Freaks and Geeks is on. Because I, I missed, I, I may have missed almost all of the original run, maybe besides like the last few, once like maybe you had caught on to it. Um, but yeah, it became like priority viewing. And then I, rem- I, I was just laughing with someone about like, I remember there was like five years, I think, in between when the DVD came out and when the show ended. And that felt like eternity because yeah. back then like when a show aired the dvd was out you know the next weekend yeah yeah um but also re-watching it you're like this makes sense because <laughs> there's like five elton john uh, uh, songs in one episode <laughs> um so yeah yeah um, um i uh i just i might have talked about this before i feel like but the first time around i probably started watching it like halfway through the original run and so I probably saw three or four episodes in a row. They were on Mondays. And I remember the day, like, it got to the point where I was, like, feeling like freaks and geeks. Like, I can't wait to watch this on Monday. It's the one good thing about Monday. I <laughs> I hate school. It's eighth grade. You know, I'm just, like, looking oh, yeah. forward to this. That's Andrew and, Cannon. <laughs> and this Monday, I, I'm, I get on the couch. I'm ready to watch it. And it's 60 minutes instead. I was just like unbelievable, like the worst (laughs) possible thing it could have been. It it really was. (laughs) It was that good. Um, Yeah. Chris, thoughts? I mean, there's not too much to be said here, especially because we're preaching to the choir. It sounds like based on uh, that long list of people who also chose this. (laughs) But yeah, I, I remember catching it about midway through. Me and Brett would watch it um on monday nights i guess then he started going over andrew's house instead to, uh <laughs> no, i think that was later to to watch it and you know obviously everyone from that show except poor old sam has gone on to become a a, mm. a movie star in some way and i think that uh that makes sense because he's definitely the most annoying character but i think that like in rewatching it, I really appreciate the character of Sam because I think he's a huge part of what makes it feel real. Cause he, he does seem like an annoying, realistic kid. Um, like he's not, yeah. Yeah. you know, he's just so normal um, and, yes. and annoying in such a, a normal way that it, I think it does a lot for that. The uh, creating the, the verisimilitude uh, of the, of the show's kind of atmosphere. I don't- I want to get naked in front of other guys. Well, who does? You know how many men have seen me naked in my lifetime? A lot. Do you think I'm comfortable with it? No, but I live with it. I just don't want them to tease me. Oh, who would tease you? 
All right, look. Here's what you do. You tell them you're proud of your body. That'll show them. Sam, you have a beautiful body, doesn't he, Harold? Yes, I just said he had a beautiful body. Those other boys are probably just jealous. Lindsay, tell your brother what a beautiful body he has. Mom, Mom. Lindsay. What? Your mother asked you to tell your brother that he has a beautiful body. That is so stupid. Lindsay, tell him. It's not going to help him. Lindsay, just say the words. It'll make him feel better. Sam, you have a beautiful body. You're an Adonis, a slab of beef. If I wasn't your sister, oh my God! Lindsay, can it? See, sweetheart. Yeah, uh, all the geeks really are just like weird in such a particular way that's like really easy to empathize with, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really feel like you're watching acting. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're just yes. like watching yeah. these these kids um the the guest appearances i i, I was laughing because I, I again i watched the uh well, i watched two episodes last night but the one episode i was like there are more amazing cameos in this one episode than like entire series have they had like uh, joel hodgson they had uh, jason schwartzman joel uh, hodgson they had, they had uh, david keckner like comedian like comedy legends just stuffed into this like 43 minute episode uh so it, it was just like everything from the ground up was funny but like set in this realistic tone if you haven't seen freaks and geeks folks you're 23 years behind it's on hulu um or by the dvd i'd actually really like this is one show i like i'm happy i own on dvd um yeah uh also just to note the um blu-rays came out semi-recently mm-hmm. and they have they're displayed in widescreen so you get um, oh. a lot extra a lot of extra uh, information on the sides hmm, i like that um so kind of cool yeah um one, uh i did want to say one more thing i just remembered um after uh the dan actually our friend uh, was also like hugely into freaks and geeks um, and I remember talking to him about it as the first uh, like yearbook DVD edition was coming out. And mm. it came out like you could only buy it on like through their website at the time or something crazy like that. Um, but a couple like shortly after that, um, this was I think it was during college. But I one night um, I, think I might have been hanging out with Brett um, drunkenly emailed uh, Paul Feig just like gushing about the show. And how much how great it was and uh he actually emailed me back and was like you know thanks and whatever um paul feig emailed you <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so that's pretty cool that's amazing well man hmm. you, you must have had you know that, that that's what makes you the writer here you must have really that said something <laughs> touching to to get a reply there maybe maybe it was yeah. very easy to get a hold of people you know in 2000 2000- yeah. Well, uh, it also seems like everybody in everybody involved in the show like actually mourned like the you know being canceled after one season. It yeah. seemed like everybody really thought like I think they knew something. This is something special, and so I'm sure they probably appreciated uh, all that. But yeah. you know, pre Twitter, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Facebook, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, well, let's uh, talk close calls. Sure. Uh, my close calls, of course, Futurama. Um, of course, he says. Love it. What can I say? You, you probably either really like it or don't care about it. Uh, <laughs> but pr- I, one of the... If there's a canon of important sci-fi uh, animated series, Futurama's <laughs> definitely in it. Is there a canon? Um, in my head, there is. <laughs> um, well, just Zach, Bob, Brett, Allie, Thanks. Nostalgia Society, Shea, <laughs> or Shea uh, Ketchup Spectra, and Jesse all also picked it. Love it. Yeah. A lot of support. Oh. Uh, great. Anyway, great show, though. I mean, oh, who would have guessed after Simpsons, uh, they would follow it up with an amazing, essential science fiction uh, series. Not me. And it, aren't they? Aren't they making a new one? Uh, yeah, it's coming back yeah. pretty soon. Chris, is Futurama your pick? No, I considered it for Ferguson, but I didn't ultimately <laughs> go with it. I mean, I. I mean, mostly I tried to really for this. Um, this list really try and channel except what I'm about to say things that I was really into at the time like things and not really account for how things have aged or what I like now because I was so into so much stuff in 1999 and I hated Futurama in 1999 Wow. Um, I just thought it was like so boring and like none of the characters really appealed to me I don't think it's a bad show and i don't want to you know uh i know it's you know brett has half his body devoted to various futurama uh you know uh stuff yeah Yeah, characters and 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 whatnot uh my my close call uh is uh family feud with steve harvey (laughs) no way i love it I and, and are you being real? Yeah, I am being real. I uh, th- this is I I did break my rule here, which is annoying that I just gave my rule and then this is I think the one time I broke it. But every time it comes on, that Family Feud with Steve Harvey, like I laugh. Uh, he says something or does something that I laugh uh, about. It's so watchable. Like I don't watch a lot of TV or, or watch a lot of movies by myself like i like doing that stuff with other people and family feud is one of the few things that i could watch by myself i've loved it since 1999 with steve harvey i think that he's got he, some of the best he started in 99 yeah comedic that does seem crazy that's insane i was uh my my close call close call was strangers with candy but family feud is my mm. definitive close call <laughs> i mean he's a great host there's no doubt about it um yeah he's good but louis anderson come on sure rest in peace he's funny but no one interacts with the contestants like steve harvey (laughs) it's not even close (laughs) yeah you're right okay okay i wasn't i did not see that coming which i like (laughs) i i thought for a second andrew might go dilbert but uh, (laughs) oh it's uh it's on my like you know, close, secondary close. close calls list. <laughs> okay. Great okay. cartoon. Um, do, you, you mentioned Strangers with, Strangers with Candy. That was also Nico's uh, pick. Mm. Um, yeah, it's so bizarre. 
my my pick is one I definitely did not watch in 1999, did not care about until recently. But mm. you know, I just think it's you know pretty much better than everything else, which is The Sopranos. Oh um, my gosh! No, I mean, I mean I'll allow what, it. <laughs> why would you not allow it? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm with I, you, Andrew. I like it, but I, I thank you. I like it. I just um, I started to uh, there was a marathon on like a year or two ago, and I started watching them in order. Mm-hmm. And after a couple seasons, I just started getting kind of sick of it. I don't know if it's like the formula of the episodes or what, but and, and there's some episodes that are above the rest, but uh, I don't know. I just wasn't as impressed as I was expecting to be at this point. Hmm, okay. I yeah, I mean this is actually like not my favorite year of TV. Freaks and Geeks is just so far above everything else, but um I don't know. I I just yeah, maybe you know, maybe it's an Italian thing, guys. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's in <laughs> maybe it's in my bone marrow. I don't know. Uh but Adventure USA Throw Revert Big Boss Raus and Marcus also picked it. Um, he, you know, uh, James Gandolfini is just like, I could watch him pretty much do anything. He's so good. Um, and, uh, you mean yeah, fat Alan? Enjoyable. I, uh, What's that? Do you mean fat Alan? Is that <laughs> okay? <laughs> sure. Um, I will say that the last season I thought was very good. Uh, like, I think yeah. it was better than the rest of the series. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's it's uh you know I've only ever watched it once through, so that might also help. Like I've mm. never rewatched or. Yeah. Um, was there any other shows you'd want to shout out here? I mean, there's a lot that came out. Yeah, there's some good ones that I definitely want to mention. Uh, Mission Hill at the top of that list, such a good uh, animated series. One of my favorite of all time, even though there's only one season. Um, uh, so nostalgia, amazing. Nostalgia Society yeah. shouted that one out too. Uh, awesome. Um, like just looking at it is great but it's a great show in its own right yeah um also just want to mention the norm show sure Mm. Uh, sure (laughs) home movies oh yeah ed Ed, and nettie hold on hold on manny and brett also picked home movies ed Ed and nettie just zach picked cool um the pjs Oh yeah, Brett shouted that out. Best theme song uh, of the of 1990. Yes, it is great. PJ's <laughs> pretty underrated. I feel like I like yeah, at the sure. time at the time I'm like, why aren't people watching this? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know what's kind of crazy? I was reading on uh, probably on Wikipedia at some point that it took them three years to make one episode. Good. What? <laughs> that, supposedly. Have they taken like two year breaks in between, or? <laughs> I think they probably were like doing them at the same time. Oh, you know? I see. I see. Okay. Okay. But uh, also this year, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Ah, yeah. Um, and uh, I think we mentioned the rest on my list. But... Okay. Chris, any others you were kind of toying with? Um, in terms of things I loved in 1999, Tom Green and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I really considered Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Wow. Like, that that was event I mean, television. Fine. Totally. You, you know what? Like, now, <laughs> nowadays, sure, I could be jaded to it and not following it. But when it came out, it felt like there was something on the line. I, I really remember... Like when that guy won a million, called his dad on the oh. Nixon question. I was, I mean, I remember where I was at. I was at Allen's. 
you know what ruined it for me was when Norm McDonald was on and he got mm. to the 500 th- or the he got to the million dollar question yep. knew the correct answer mm-hmm. but Regis was acting so like yeah he's questionable him. about it yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was doing the right and he was doing it for charity so he was just trying to like you know not lose all that money yeah. um oh boy that Regis yeah all right but an uh, impressive, unbelievable run, also, I should mention. Like, nobody could oh, yeah. <laughs> understand that this was happening. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, well, a, cu- a couple other shows that came out. My my other next one that I was toying with was, was with The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Really, oh. You know, that more event kind of television where it's like, I can't miss this. Um, Bob, Josh Pickens, and Justin all shouted out Family Guy. Which, admittedly, in 1999, I was very much, uh, I very much enjoyed. Um, the short Tenacious D HBO series, which I love, mm, so yes. funny. Um, WWF SmackDown, Lyndon picked. Uh, True 90s Nick shouted out a show called Angel. I, I don't know that one. You know it? <laughs> uh, the spinoff from Buffy. Oh, very well-known show, Joey. <laughs> okay, my bad. My I bad. mean, it had like 10 seasons or something. Good thing I have a 90s podcast. Okay. Uh, uh, The Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn started that year. Um, Five seasons. The uh, Law and Order SVU, which was picked by Ben. Um, Spaced uh, was picked Mm. by Goblin Heath, which was a show in the UK. The Man Show, as Chris mentioned. Uh, Ketchup Spectra picked Good Eats on the Food Network, I believe. (laughs) Um, Katie Gord picked, uh, help me, uh, Zabumafu. Zabumafu, me, you, and Zabumafu. That's the second best song of 1999. Nostalgia Society and Shea also shouted out Roswell. Yeah, I like it. And a Two other shows I saw here. The Michael Malley show started yes. and ended that year. <laughs> yeah. And noted uh, it aired two episodes. Ah, canceled. Okay. Wait, and someone picked that as their favorite? No, nobody picked it. I just wanted to make sure I said it. <laughs> no. Uh, in the West Wing. Um, mm. Shows that ended that year. Uh, Sister, Sister. Uh, where in the where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Mad about you, Melrose Place, Home Improvement, Unsolved Mysteries, Star Trek, Deep, Deep Space Nine, Dis, uh, ABC's Doug, The Nanny, mm-hmm. Cow and Chicken, Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand, and Dexter's Lab all ended that year. Ferguson. Well, we mentioned it just briefly, okay. but my Ferguson is Family Guy. Ah, okay. Um, you know, I'm a maybe known hater of family guy i i don't even hate the first season that much but boy i just i dislike the show in general right I, and i think it like ushered in a sort of new era of like just i don't even know what to call it like more mindless than ever before uh animation where it's just like every single joke seems to be completely random, not connected to the story or like characters at all. Um, it just annoys me. So 
Okay. There you have it. Sure. I mean, I, I totally understand. The ex- the extended universe has really only solidified the fact that I don't love it. Like the American Dad, uh, Cleveland show. Like just, yeah. you know, fam- if you're going to have one, Family Guy's enough. Like that's That's good. Chris Ferguson? I've got five. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> my number one is the West Wing. Uh, I think wow. that it ruined uh, like mainstream liberal politics. Uh, and you know, see Jen Psaki as uh, as an example, someone who admitted that she went into politics because she liked the West Wing so much, and who has just put her foot in her mouth time after time. Uh, as kind of all press secretaries uh, do. Um, yeah. I've never but, seen this show. West Wing? But just, just that, that kind yeah. of like, I just also just don't like that that style of, of writing, that kind of like really fast-paced, like sort of witty, but like thing that, um, that you get with uh, Aaron Sorkin. Um, but... When, when you turn that into like a political aesthetic, I think it makes it just worse. So that's my definitive. Uh, close to that would be Law and Order SVU. Uh, I've, I've already <laughs> gone on my rant about true crime and, and how it makes our brains you know paranoid and all that stuff. So I don't need to elaborate there. I think the man show was ultimately kind of bad uh, for, for like uh, popular culture. Um, although I think it's maybe innocuous so that I, maybe I'll take that off. And then the, the last two just were, uh, the Sopranos and Futurama, both mm. the Sopranos m- more, I, I'm, I'm removing them both though, but the Sopranos just the, the recent, like young people now, like people in their early twenties, like love the Sopranos. Uh, it's, it's, it's like. I don't understand this sort of revival uh, of it. I think there are good episodes, but I just, I've tried rewatching it twice and just get like after season two, it's like, this is just monotonous. Um, And Futurama just bored me as a kid. So sorry to be a hater, but there are five shows that like, I, uh, I feel like genuinely dislike that debuted in 1999. Nice. (laughs) um yeah i i I really remember because futurama came out around the same time that like the mars rover was happening (laughs) that that felt like a very like i don't know an intense experience for me Um, Mm. like just a lot of space already already being interested in space if i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about um well i mean yeah yeah yeah. uh so okay uh my ferguson uh, I'll mention it one more time later in the episode is a hundred deeds for Eddie McDowd. Oh, wow. Okay. The, uh, the end of <laughs> the end of the Nick golden age. Um, no doubt. And, uh, a terrible, terrible show. There we go. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Where should we go next? I'd say let's do video game. Cause it kind of yeah. mm, fits the moment yeah. of, uh, like it. hanging out and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, well, for me, it has to be Super Smash Brothers on Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it, great. We uh, played the hell out of it. Uh, 
so fun. It kind of changed uh, fighting games when it came out. It was just like suddenly this was like uh, an advancement. Um, and just being able to play with all these different characters from different games is like unbelievable. Insane at the time. That came out. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing that kind of felt like, whoa, like Zelda can be in this? Maybe? Link is his name. I mean, it was just amazing. Joey. Yeah, Link. Oh, yeah, Link. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Zach, Vince, Brett, Allie, Max all also agree with you on Super Smash Brothers. Um, and those were very much event, event nights, like get people together, you know, yeah. conjure up four controllers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we all know if you play as Link, like being Yoshi in Mario Kart, you are a front running loser. Uh, I also running loser. Wait, so Link Link is a no go and Yoshi's a no go in Mario Kart? Oh yeah. Basically, who is your sm- oh, let me let me ask this. Who is your Smash brother? Like, who, Andrew, who did you go with in Smash Brothers, Chris? Who did you go uh, with? For me, it was Ness. Yeah. And that okay. first game especially, just so good. Chris, is uh, that you picked that too? Uh, yeah, Smash Brothers is my pick. Um, I remember Andrew. I respect Andrew's Ness. Because, like, no one plays as Ness <laughs> except Andrew, which, uh, um, which was, you know, always interesting. Uh, I... I'm not good at video games, so I never settled on, you know, uh, a go-to. I guess it would be Samus, uh, um, but I wasn't good enough to, like, really get into any individual character. But Smash Brothers definitely, I think, my favorite game, even though I got my butt kicked every time. You know, that's okay. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I didn't love Smash Brothers. Uh, I was very bad at it, so it was just like the type of game I think I'd just sit and watch you guys play. No, um, you definitely played. I played, but I, w- I would be like the first person to be like, I don't want to play because I think I'd just <laughs> feel so embarrassed at how bad I was. Um, so I feel like I have some like kind of pent up. Uh, <laughs> did, did you did you have a character like a go to character? Me? Yeah. I think was a fox in that game oh yeah yeah star fox yeah Yeah. i think i think i went with fox but i don't know i it's fine it's fine um you know i my pick would be and i think this is cheating so uh because it came technically it came out in 98 but it didn't come out in the u.s until 99 which is mario Hmm. party um i know i know we've talked about it already a bunch um, but you know, it didn't come out for us until '99. So Mario Party is like the game where I was like, "Yes, let's play this instead," uh, because I feel like we were all kind of on a bit more of an equal playing field. It, it felt more just like, "Are you having a good luck game?" type of thing. Yeah. Um, until you get to that fishing thing where you're just rubbing oh your palms raw, and Andrew is somehow <laughs> twice as fast as everyone else. Just just leaving uh, Alan's house smelling like Cheetos with raw palms. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like. I that was a game. I was like, yes, like either that or Griffey or Bond. Like those were the games where I'm like, well, this feels like you know, everybody here has an equal shot. Smash Bros was just such an embarrassing experience for me. Sure. Uh, but I don't discredit the game. Was good. 
I just like wasn't a game that I necessarily looked forward to playing. Hmm. Um, Castaways. That's what that. Oh yeah, Castaways. Oh that's, god, that's, that's it. All right, Mario Party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, close call. Uh yeah, my close call is EverQuest. Uh, it was like the first um like fully 3d uh mmo rpg where you can like walk around and you're a character and like you have um hit points and you're like trying to raise your level and stuff like that Hmm. um but when that came out oh man uh my brother my dad and i like just played the hell out of it um and we only you know have one computer so it was like whoever got to it kind of first um but such a fun game. Just spent so many hours playing that. Um, finally had to give it up because I could just tell it was like sucking up all my time. But um, loved it. Online? It's an online game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely remember being at your house and being bored to tears watching you play <laughs> EverQuest with Alex there in, in that, uh, in like the, you know, I don't know what you call that. The den by the living room over there. (laughs) Yep. Oh, yeah. I just looked it up. I remember this cover. Yep. Never got to play it, but I've watched. fun. (laughs) Watched you play it, Andrew. It seemed really fun. Listeners, you haven't had a good evening until you've sat behind Andrew for a couple hours watching him play EverQuest. Okay. Interesting pick. Yeah. Nobody. I don't think anybody else picked that one. Wow, jeez! Yeah. I mean, it was a, felt like a big deal at the time. Okay, cool, Chris. Uh, I went with Mario uh, Party as my nope. uh, as my close call. Oh. Yeah. yeah, for all the reasons already stated. Yeah, I mean, again, like I sucked at all these things. I mean, I would rather play those two Smash Brothers and Mario Party than bond or uh i forgot what the other or i guess i'd rather play griffey than than all these but um just i liked stuff that that you know you could play with your friends you know even if i lost all the time i could set small you know personal goals for myself (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good that's healthy yeah thanks Uh, my, my close call is uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, um, which I didn't personally own, but our friend Nick had, and yeah. it became, again, like a vent evening type of stuff, just like, yes, we gotta play, we gotta play Pro Skater. Yeah, amazing. Uh, and I don't know if you remember this, but for like the first year, all we had was one level on a demo disc. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like played <laughs> over and over. Yeah. It was just like almost like a like a stunt mode type thing where it's yeah. just like you're doing nothing, but it like the controls were so easy and so good. Yeah. Um, that even like a dimwit like me could like really be like I'm good at this. You know, like. <laughs> um, Nico picked it. Adventure USA. Just Zach. Justin. Lyndon. All picked Tony Hawk. Ferguson's? Uh, you know what? Just yeah. to cut you off, uh, I just wanted to mention a couple more games. Oh, sure. Um, Quake 3 Arena came out that year, which I was playing up until like five years ago. Great. <laughs> um, and Donkey Kong 64, which was sure. uh, 
I feel like overshadowed by Mario, but uh, still a great game. Yeah, Donkey Kong also picked by Double J, Nick, nice. C Plaque 2, Ketchup Spectra, and Marcus. Very popular. Awesome. Pick. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um Chris. Or I'm sorry, Andrew, did you uh, have a Ferguson? Yeah, yeah, Ferguson. Um oh yeah. Ferguson is Superman 64. Just <laughs> garbage game. You could barely control it. Uh it looked like crap. Uh, like you're just like flying around this like you know, flat world with oh my gosh building. i just <laughs> i just looked up a picture of it it looks like you are right it looks like hot garbage um, so so bad and once you like try to start to play it it's even worse because it, it's impossible to move why, why did they make him look like that like he looked his head looks like a cylinder <laughs> i guess that was the best they could come up with at the time yeah tough that's tough terrible though this one picture almost looks like Star Fox, where he's just like going through rings. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like, Except not nearly as good as that. Yeah. Of course. Okay, Chris, did you have a Ferguson? Uh, I went with the new Tetris. Ain't nothing wrong with the old Tetris. Mm. Wait a second. Nothing wrong with the old. Tetris. <laughs> the new Tetris. Do you happen to know what system it was on? No, I just saw that there was a game called New Tetris that came out, and I know for a fact there's nothing wrong with the old Tetris, so that's uh, my focus. <laughs> I like your reasoning, though, and I can't remember, I can't say for sure that this was the one, but there was a Tetris game that Brett had uh, that was, like, one of the only games they had, I guess. We just played it, like, crazy over there. Um, anyway. Hmm. Anyway, it was pretty fun, though, I thought. <laughs> I stand by Well, it. I don't... <laughs> I don't have a Ferguson. Uh, maybe something Pokemon related because I remember that mm. that stuff annoyed me. But uh, you know, I'm probably wrong. I've never really played it. Um, um, speaking of, just to mention, the top selling game in '99 was the original Pokemon mm. series on yeah. Game Boy. Sure, great games. Uh, well, a lot of listener picks. Pokemon Gold and Silver was picked by mm. uh, Duplicitous Small Talk. Beetle Adventure Racing was picked by Whoa. Manny. Do you remember? <laughs> nice. do, you remember do you remember that game? Uh, it yes, it's on Nintendo sixty four. I just didn't anticipate I would ever hear anybody <laughs> mention it. <laughs> uh, Crash Team Racing was picked by Jordan, Brett, and Katie. Cool. Uh, Pokemon Snap was mm, picked by yeah. Nostalgia Society and Vince. We've talked about that like crazy. Yeah, yeah. I forget what episode. But... Um. Roller Coaster Tycoon by Vince and Big mm. Boss Ryu's. Great game. Uh, Castlevania, picked by Vince. Nice. Um, Shenmue, is that what it's called? Shenmue? Mm, yeah. Picked by True90's Nick. Uh, Go- Goman's Great Adventure, picked Ooh. by Heath. Like Spy- Spyro 8, selected by Ketchup Spectra, Katie, and Brett. Um, Final Fantasy 8, picked by Brett. Um, Pokemon Blue and Red, picked by Shay, mm. and Ages of Empire Two, picked by Shay, our friend Melissa and Jesse. Cool. Yeah. Any other video game thoughts, or shall we move? No. Oh, let's right. move on. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good year, though. I think actually. Yeah. Pretty not, decent. Uh, not bad. All right. Um. Why don't Why don't we do? I want to switch it up here. Why don't we do music video? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah, I know. Oh, 
this is always hard for me, but I finally landed on uh, Learn to Fly by uh, Foo Fighters. Sure. Just bizarre video <laughs> stuck in my mind. Uh, it's like Dave Grohl playing all these different people on a plane. Um, the whole band, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, um, Jack Black and Kyle Gass are <laughs> in the beginning of the video. Pretty yeah. cool. Tenacious D cameo. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, pretty bizarre, cool video. I, I just always remembered liking it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that it's actually, uh, yeah, it was like before the Foo Fighters got too annoying. Yeah. Like yeah. the last, the last sure. great stage. <laughs> yeah. Chris, favorite video? Um, yeah, rest in peace, Taylor Jenkins. Um, Hawkins. Hawkins, shoot. <laughs> Should have looked you mixed up, up St- Stephen Jenkins oh, and Taylor no. Hawkins. Oh god, what a monster that person would have been. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, Rest in peace, Taylor. I mean, I was gonna go Foo Fighters, Learn to Fly because I thought you were both gonna pick Fat Boy Slim, Praise You, but I think I like the Fat Boy Slim hmm. Praise You video a little bit more. Um, yeah, so that's gonna be. I'll, I'll go Fat Boy Slim here. Okay. I, I really couldn't yeah. find a video that. I loved like the the there were all, it was a big year for music videos. There's a lot of high production, uh, expensive music videos, but nothing like really jumped out to me as like superior to me. Uh, but the that, that Fat Boy Slim is I mean it's a cool it's a cool video. I could kind of mute it while I watch it sometimes. You only listen to that song so often, but um, it's a good video. Yeah. yeah. I think that video came up on our last year interview. I think it may have, like, the song... I, I think it's, like, one of those weird ones where the song came out in 98, but the video came out in 99. Okay, um, then screw it. I'll go learn to fly, is... too. No, you know what? You know what? You know what? I'm going to switch it up entirely. I'm going to I'm gonna say my favorite video is uh, Beck uh, Sex Laws. Okay. Okay. Damn, all over the place. <laughs> Um, well, m- mine is Learn to Fly, too. Uh, I-, I agree. There's, like, a lot of very popular videos this year, but very underwhelming. Like, none of them, none of the biggest hits have just a great video. Even, like, the Backstreet Boys or Britney, like, yes, they were on all the time, but they weren't, like, good videos. Um, so at least Learn to Fly had, like, some kind of conceptual thing going on, which the Foo Fighters, to their credit, like, they care in the 90s, they really cared about making good videos. Like, yeah. Everlong is an all-timer. And, um, sure. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good pick. And then, of course, the Tenacious D cameo is just sets it a little bit above. Uh, <laughs> uh, close call? Uh, yeah, I finally decided on what's my age again. Ah, um, all over the place. You. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, TRL uh, sensation. Yes, it was just like it feels like it sort of defines that moment in my mind. Um, not like my favorite thing in the world. They're like running around naked with the uh, like sensor bars on, mm-hmm. um, and it, but it does. But as I was rewatching it, I'm like, it does have a, at least good energy to it, and something's happening in it. Uh, yeah. So, it, and it felt kind of cool because like. I know for sure, like, Andrew, you liked Blink before Enema of the State, so it felt almost surreal that, like, a band that you liked was, like, this big on MTV. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, certainly that video was, uh, I think it, like, was, uh, it felt important to the year. Yeah. Yeah. 
Chris, close call. Uh, well, a couple things. First, um, I should have mentioned this earlier, but interesting connection. Jack Black is also in the Sex Laws video, in, in addition to being in the yeah. Foo Fighters video, which is kind of cool. Um, point interjection number two, and we'll get to this later. I think you guys are misremembering the impact of that particular Blink-182 video um, on like mm. TRL culture, but we'll, we'll get there in a second. But my close call is uh, Kid Rock Ball with the Ball. <laughs> <laughs> and 1998 okay. song, a 1999 video, and I've been rocking sure. out to it all morning. It is like, <laughs> you know, the, like if you divorce, like Kid Rock just doesn't seem like my kind of guy, but like the songs are just, that song in particular is like the anthem for like a death cult, you know, like it is just a crazy song. It just sounds crazy. The video matches the just utterly insane energy of that song. Um, and I love it. It like really, it got me going. Like I, I didn't, I don't like Kid Rock enough to make it my favorite, but you know, it was much more enjoyable than I, I didn't like it at the time that much, but I think that in my heart, I respected uh, Ball with the Ball. Especially that, you, you know, when when everyone's learning to play guitar and they and they, they play that breakdown part, that da 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 and then there's yeah. this really silly like like brushing of like a, a like a ride symbol with like brushes, uh, you know, after that that thing, uh, it's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, so that's my close call. Great year for like angry white male music. <laughs> Maybe like the best year. This was, yeah, peak, peak angry white male stuff. Limp Biscuit, Corn's um, yep. Freak on a Leash video. People love that video. Oh my God, Corn, for uh, sure. I mean, I, even though I love them, you got New Rage. Yep. Creed. Um, Creed. Yeah. 311 with that new uh, sound system joint. Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory. Yep. Shut up when I'm talking to you. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) If you ever just want to make someone's day, like in the course of natural conversation, just drop that on them. Like, that would be an amazing song. Like, if you're playing a show, to like just throw in the middle of a bridge to one of your songs. (laughs) Yeah, you'd make everyone's night uh, for sure. Uh, my close call was also Sex Laws. Um, g- great tune. Uh, Jack Black, good in the video. I mean, the video is just very, like, it matches the vibe of the song. It's just absolutely bonkers. Uh, a lot of stuff breaking and smashing around with a pretty groovy Beck uh, performance in it. Um, yeah, love this song. Love this. Very, pr- pr- pretty good video. Pretty good, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ferguson? Um, yeah, um, I picked, I ultimately landed on a genie in a bottle. (laughs) I just remember it being like on incessantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's like a video that I really feel like I shouldn't know what it looks like, but I very vividly do. Mm. Um, so that's all. Just enough midriff uh, that you couldn't resist in that video. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Andrew. Uh, It was on all, on all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, good one. 
Chris? Uh, well, speaking of on all the time and speaking of Blink-182, it was all the small things <laughs> that was the major video Ooh. off that record and the thing that charted as like number one on TRL for a long time. It wasn't What's My Age Again, because What's My Age Again was the lead single. Yeah. And that kind of like drummed up popularity for that record. But that all the small things video came out like a while after. And I remember I got so sick of that record, which I otherwise loved because it was just all played all the time. And it like, and Blink-182 kind of became pop music in a time when the line between like alternative rock and pop music was very otherwise like very defined. Like there wasn't much of a blurring of that line, mm. but then all the small things became part of that kind of modern pop sound. And I would say that the video for all the small things, uh, you could look forward to my, my, my essay on the topic, ruined alternative rock. That was the end of alternative rock, uh, the, the music <laughs> video for all the small things. Uh, yeah, just just straight parody. Yeah, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, it's parody. So it's like traffic trafficking in the same tropes that like the that the audience end up loving it loved about the actual video. So like the parody was almost lost. It was like Blink-182 doing all the things that the Backstreet Boys mm -hmm. that, you know, these boy bands are doing and then it just became so popular that it just became one of those songs just like you know trl is like okay i want it that way and blink 182 back to back yeah no I, the, yes thank you for coming to my ted talk <laughs> um man i'm i'm there's so many here um you know i just kind of want to like go, so like creed higher um i remember thinking sure. like this it's it's more like the lack of ambition that i'm angry about of like this is your huge single of course this song is going to be huge and they're just like on the stage with like this red curtain behind them with like this kind of like cgi crowd and it's just i, I don't know i remember at the time being like this is it this is what they came up with like because there was such a high bar for music videos yeah. at the time and i'm sure it's um, somehow cost although a good one you know i just thought of... <laughs> right right yeah um you know what we didn't mention that's a pretty good one is um it was on all the time but still like a kind of wacky video is my name is by eminem mm. sure thought about it one. um thought about it okay uh other ones oh you know which one caught my eye not a ferguson uh freak on a leash that bullet i remember <laughs> yeah. I remember in 1999 being like, holy cow, like, did they spend like $10 million on this video? This is incredible. And then I rewatched it yesterday, and that bullet, folks, does not hold up. Uh, it is like, yeah, it, it's pretty rough. Um, shoot, let me look. There's one more. Oh, the Smash Mouth video. Very funny. All Star. Um, do you, can you guys tell me what movie... Uh, oh, yeah. What movie clips are interspliced into All Star video, the All Star music video? I for sure can. Okay, but I'll, I'll give Chris a shot. Was it Mystery Men? <laughs> it was Mystery Men. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, like one of the most famous songs of all time. If you go watch the video, <laughs> is just like fifty percent Mystery Men. <laughs> it's perfect. Which I actually I have no I have no problem with. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, of course, there's the Bum Bum song, uh, Tom oh, yeah. all over the place. <laughs> all right. Uh, music videos are fun. 
Yeah. Uh, where should we go next? Why don't we just knock out Saw if you don't, if you, since we're, in, mm. unless you guys sure. want to go somewhere sure. else. Sure. No. No. Yeah, I actually, I really struggled uh, on Song, as in, like, I just didn't know what to do, but not not favorite, but for close call. Um, I finally decided on Pavement, Carrot Rope. A carrot rope, I feed my throat. Love the song. I really like this album. I feel like it maybe isn't quite as hailed as uh, a couple of the other ones. But um, this also caps off their discography. So I feel like between how I feel about the song, like how good it is, and the fact that it's their last song, and it's great, like it seems like that rarely happens. so I feel like it's a it's a capper to a pretty consistent uh, set of albums. Um, so anyway, yeah, great argument. Yeah. Uh, mine is uh, "Built to Spill," "Carry the Zero. song uh nico agrees with us chris oh what's up nico yeah you want to speak on the song chris i mean it's no i think i've used this platform to to speak on the song it's it's, it's some other point but uh I'll, oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you you do that i mean built to spill the album's called keep it like a secret uh, the song is Carry the Zero. If you're a Built to Spill fan, this is like the song. I mean, I, and I think Built to Spill knows that too. It's kind of their anthem here. Um, for me personally, this was uh, like a big moment in my life where I was like learning guitar. I kind of, you know, I, I, well, I sucked. Um, and I, I became fascinated with trying to learn like solos, you know? And this was the song I would put on to try to just play along because actually like he's a great guitarist but actually what he's doing in it isn't like insanely complicated um and so i remember starting to figure out like how to slide like he was sliding and uh, that was just a good moment in my life where i was like okay i think i can play guitar like carry the zero was kind of the song where i was like okay i know the three chords i can play some of the leads here um so it's just a, a very sentimental song to me and it's really beautiful just just an insanely beautiful song Agreed. I mean, that's a 
that's all I have to say about Carry the Zero. Uh, close call? Yeah, my close call is Blur 10. Tender is the night Lying by your side Tender is the touch Of someone that you love too much Tender is the day The demons go away Lord, I need to find Someone who can heal my mind Come on, come on, come on very popular song uh just very good I don't, I don't know that i necessarily um love the entire album all the way through but i feel like this song's kind of undeniable yeah that's a good one that that whole blur that that uh blur was it 13 yeah 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 really good album yeah one of just an insane number of good albums this year i think yes there are more good albums than good songs which is <laughs> uh, I kind of 100 agree. Yeah. Um, what was your close call, Chris? Well, I narrowed it down to 14. Uh, <laughs> so, I'll, but he didn't. But not a good year for songs. <laughs> no, I mean the, the albums. I didn't even try to list them because there was just like too many. But like, I think that yeah, this is my definitive 14 close calls. Number 14, Mariah Carey, Heartbreaker. Love the song. Number 13, Len, Steal My Sunshine. Oh, wait, sorry. Let me back up. So the reason that these all made this list is because 1999, um, in terms of music, was a year where I remember being blown away the first time hearing a lot of these songs. Like, it wasn't like that it had to, I'd hear them a few times or, you know, over time, these things warmed on me. I remember hearing these songs the first time and being like, whoa, like... I've never heard anything quite like this. So anyway, Mariah Carey, Heartbreaker, number 14. Uh, just listen to the backup vocals like in, in headphones. They're amazing. Uh, Len Steal My Sunshine. Uh, th- this had a heyday later, but I remember we all watched much music because we were close to Canada and they would play it all the time. Oh my gosh, um, yes. And just an incredibly catchy song. Number 12, Dr. Dre, Explosive. That guitar riff at the... That... It's just so good. Uh, number uh, 11, Third Eye Blind, Anything. Anything for you. Till my castle's blue. Till my world's sad. Just the, the guitar. Not, like, a guitar hasn't hit me that, that way uh, since... Weezer Blue album, like the way that the guitar comes in, um, the distorted guitar, I love it. Uh, number 10, Smash Mouth All Star. I'm not afraid to admit when that song <laughs> came out, it blew my mind. Like the production, like the chorus, even if it was a little corny, like it was just so catchy that I didn't care. Uh, number nine, Old Dirty Bastard, Got Your Money. Uh, ne- never had heard anything like it. Uh, totally different. Uh, perspective on the world uh rest in peace old dirty uh number eight jimmy world lucky denver mint uh before Mm. bleed american came out and they kind of blew up this was like a big hit on our local alternative radio station and i would just absolutely love when it came on um number 
seven, uh, Foo Fighters Learn to Fly. Um, the first time I heard that, it was like totally different. I mean, I had already really liked uh, the color and the shape, but this is a totally different sound, a little more poppy, and I just thought it was great. Um, number six, Harvey Danger, Save It For Later. Uh, just extremely, oh. extremely catchy. Number five, Jimmy's Chicken Shack, Do Right. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. What a catchy song. Um, number four, Ben Folds Five, Army. Uh, just really got my blood pumping. Nothing gets my blood pumping on this list like Ben Folds Five, Army. Uh, number three, Cake, Never There. Uh Great album, oh, yeah. great song. Um, really brings me back to uh, 107.9. Oh, just yeah. Just hearing that ringtone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number two, yeah. What's My Age Again? Again, one of those moments, the first time you hear that song, you knew Damn It. Everyone loved Damn It. Everyone's learning to play guitar to Damn It. And then What's My Age Again comes out. And that's when they kind of invented that kind of, uh, I don't even know what to know. Like the, the guitar sound in the beginning of that um, song is kind of became to me like the blink 182 guitar thing that they kind of invented these kind of like yeah just notey chords like real trebly sound um and my number one close call was another learning guitar song uh lit my own worst enemy do believe that me and joey and andrew or did, i don't remember who else we played this at the seventh grade talent show uh, i don't th- i don't mm. think i played. No, that would have been eddie oh god yeah 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 oh, but we played it all right yep i think we played we played something else that came out this year too i'm trying to remember um, was it semi-sonic over well, Semi Sonic didn't. That was ninety eight. Did they? No, but I was trying to think uh, of. I knew there was a second song. I just didn't remember what it was. But I mean, we did the cake cover of um, "I Will Survive." Not, not that was in eighth grade. This was seventh grade. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, that's a solid list. So, so what's your your number one is? Uh, my own worst enemy. <laughs> okay. No, I, that's you know that's solid. Yeah, I mean, you put it on, and that that that's a song that you're gonna turn up when you when you when when you hear it. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm. You guys care if I do something real fast here? I just I really want to bring people back to the songs <laughs> of the of the of 1999. It's such a freaking good year. I'm gonna play just a second. <laughs> Literally, just like a couple seconds from each song in a row, just to blow people's mind. Because I, I really think oh, yeah. people almost, oh, people almost mm. need to hear, um, like how insane this year is as far as popular music goes. Okay, I'm just shuffling here. Here we go. Sure. Oh yeah. Enough said. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Mm-hmm. There it is. There's that jangle. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yes. Get I, it. I thought about starting the podcast with this. <laughs> Hard to turn off. Eh. Little Lenny. Mm. <laughs> Mystery men. There it is. All over the place. Anthony <laughs> Kiedis with his shirt off in the car. Oh, yeah. Malcolm in the middle. Oh, no. <laughs> A little Madonna. <laughs> oh, baby. Yep. Every every ten minutes on the radio. <laughs> Oh, this is the song, Chris. <laughs> we didn't play this song. Oh, I did at some point. Oh, Summer Girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. about this one so Jaden look there's only a couple more oh an old cloning Lewis favorite there ladies and gentlemen oh. this is Mambo number five yeah <laughs> how do you turn this off I mean this is hard <laughs> There we go. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Listen to that bass line in that song. <laughs> I mean, I'm still going, people. <laughs> oh, really, Andrew? That don't impress me much. Oh. <laughs> Waiting for tonight. Oh, back that thing up. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, you 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 guys get it. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. just an incredible incredible year um, for music. Now I'm going to name a bunch of songs that were not on that list. Um, <laughs> I have a top ten here, like Chris. My number ten is "Who's There" by Smash Mouth, a uh, alien based song. Uh, actually still holds up pretty good. It's the, first, it's the opening song on their album, Astro Lounge. Uh, number nine, like Chris, Anything by uh, Third Eye Blind. Uh, just about the best like two-minute opening rock song on an album. Um, Army, Ben Folds, for sure. Uh, my Foo Fighters song of choice that, that uh, on that album would have been Stacked Actors, another rowdy yeah. opener. Um I think would solidify. I saw them live that year, and they they opened with it, and it just like blew me away. Um, I, I uh, was very much into a guy at the time named G Love and Special Sauce. Uh, he had a song called Rodeo Clown, which I was very much into. Featuring, um, oh geez, featuring who? Jack Johnson. 
Oh, right, of course, <laughs> of course, yes. Um, Beck Makes Business uh, would be my preferred Midnight Vulture song. Uh, I had a tie here. Uh, probably the album that was maybe most important to me that year was um, by a band called Matthew Goodband uh, from Canada. Oh, my yeah, God, that Mid- was that year? <laughs> yeah, wow. Beautiful Midnight. Um, I gave a tie between the opener Giant um, and a song called Jenny's Song. Uh, both both great. Uh, uh, me Dodd for Strange Days. Sorry uh, to interrupt. That. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that, sure. that would be my yeah. pick. Uh, Polaris, officially, the music from The Adventures of Pete and Pete came out that year. Even though, you know, it's a weird one because the music had been out, but the album comes out in 99. So if we're counting it, I go Ivy Boy at three. Um, (laughs) And uh, we got Marcy Playground's Wave Motion Gun. Mm. Little fun Marcy Playground story. I saw them at the 98 Horde Tour, um, and they played a song called Secret Squirrel, which knocked me on my butt uh they played it live it wasn't on an album they were giving away stickers and as bands maybe did at the time i guess on the back of the sticker they had a p.o box um so i wrote them and said i saw you live this is like your uh, paul feig story i but i wrote them a letter in the mail i said i saw you live you played secret squirrel can you please put that on your next album and uh I mean, it's not because of me. It was on the next album, but they did write me back saying, like, thank you so much for your letter. Uh, wow. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we want to use that song. Um, so. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh. But, but Wave Motion Gun is my, uh, that's, the, yeah. that's the one from Shapeshifter. It is. Uh, and my definitive close call is the Magnetic Fields. I think I need a mm. new heart from 69 Love Songs. Time stands still. All I can feel is the time standing still as you put down the keys and say don't call me please while the radio plays I think I need a new Ferguson's? Um, yeah, my Ferguson. This is a true Ferguson. Lonely Swedish, the Bum Bum song. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, it's like dumb, but I also like it. So, uh, you know. Oh, I see. And like, it, do- and yeah, it yeah. dominated uh, DRL for one week. It sure did. And was, dis- and, uh, was retired, uh, which was pretty hilarious, I thought. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, try- I'm looking through... I had a big list of stuff, but you played clips of most of them. I'm going to go, of the songs you didn't play uh, that I don't like, uh, for some reason I thought Andrew was going to pick this, but I'm going to go with uh, Macy hmm. Gray's I Try. <laughs> oh, no, I'm okay with Macy Gray. I try to walk away. Stand by. Uh, but a close second maybe is 
is Live's uh, Dolphins Cry. What a terrible song. Oh, <laughs> Dolphins Cry. <laughs> and then, okay, one, yeah, one step below a, that. That's a great one. I'll say uh, Marilyn Manson's I Don't Like the Drugs, The Drugs Like Me. Also, just a abysmal uh, song. Yeah. All right, sorry, one more. Marilyn Manson that year. The, maybe the, the best. I didn't know this one at the time, but when I was looking up bad songs from 1999, uh, this country artist named Mark Chestnut, one year after Aerosmith <laughs> recorded the song, uh, recorded a whole album titled I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. And he's got like this country version of i don't want to miss a thing like as if we weren't already sick of hearing that <laughs> song from the previous year just an insane choice very good nice great picks uh yeah. the most common picked song by the way by listeners uh at least from vince vaughn and marley was uh tlc's no scrub no no scrubs mm, sure for favorite yeah for favorite for favorite yeah, yeah. like that like, we're we're pro um, scrubs here <laughs> this is a pro, pro scrub scrubs. space. I, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I think pro, if I'm being really honest, I think Wild Wild West was probably the song that bugged me the most when it came out. Because like I actually liked Will Smith. I had Willennium. I had uh, Big Willie Style. Um, actually traded that for Big Blink One Eighty Two Buddha. Um, the <laughs> that song. I was just like, it, it felt like you know, because it was the ultimate time period of selling out. And it felt like, man, like, I know he'd done Men in Black, but I was like, this feels bad. Like, this feels gimmicky at this point and kind of lame. And I just didn't like the song. I don't know. Well, plus the movie stunk. The movie, yeah, the movie was bad. Uh, I don't know. But I don't, it's hard to have a Ferguson from this year because I, even the bad stuff I kind of love. Um, none of it really bothers me. Uh, People's Picks. Um, Harness Your Hopes by Pavement was picked by Zach. Nice. Um, I Want It That Way was picked by Ben and Nick. Ooh. Coffee and TV picked by Duplicitous Small Talk. Hit or Miss by Newfound Glory picked by Goblin Heath. Uh, My Name Is uh, picked by Cynthia <laughs> and Katie Gord. Uh, Learn, Learn to Fly by our friend Melissa. Mm. Luckiest Guy on the Lower East Side by the Magnetic Fields picked by our friend Max. Yeah. Um, Say My Name picked by Cynthia uh, Brooks pick, picked Heartbreaker by MC and J, uh, Jay-Z Mar- Mariah Carey that is. Uh, What's My Name uh, What's My Age Again picked by Manny um, Tearing Everyone Down Anti-Flag picked by Just Zach True 90's Nick picked Wild Wild West uh, Paper Bag by Fiona Apple picked by Jordan um, Vince picked That's The Way It Is Waiting For Tonight Balam- Balamos and Whoa. Can I Get an A by Jay-Z also picked by Marcus uh, Luscious Jackson uh, Marcus I think picked Luscious Jackson Ladyfingers that's a great song um, yeah, yeah. Um, No Effects The Decline Then and The Morning Comes uh, picked by Brett Scar Tissue picked by Lyndon Come Up uh, Come On Up to the House by Tom Waits, picked by Allie. Mm. Uh, Adam Song, picked by Nostalgia Society. And Last Kiss, picked by Shay. Adam Song was another huge one. I mean, just a big year for Blink. Yeah. 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 Sure. Good music. Good um, music. Number one uh, Billboard song? You guys know it? Baby, uh, baby One it's, More Time. It's I gotta mean, be. it's got to be Baby One More Time, yeah. 
I believe it's share believe. No way. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know it was 99. The most successful, however they determine. Well, I I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just like right, uh, right, right. Top song that year. Okay, okay. I have a quick uh, observation about 1999 music that I kind of kept coming across while listening through these songs. 1999 also seems to be the year of the record scratch like uh <laughs> in the, like in, like inappropriate context like yeah uh w- one of the songs that we haven't talked about that um is everlast uh and then you really matter what it's like you know that oh song. yeah yeah that's <laughs> yeah. got it you know sugar ray all those songs have it better days has it uh the, yeah. all those limp biscuit songs have it macy gray has it uh something that oh you... don't for, don't forget danger man let's make a deal oh uh, oh <laughs> yeah that, that almost cracked my top 15 um yeah but it's it's just kind of omnipresent it's like in half of these songs there's just this random like record scratch or uh like dj noise um just very odd i feel like 311 might be to blame a little bit there in some way like in the in the in the field of rock yeah like i feel like 311 really started scratching it up as always so yeah. 311. blame 311 one one other question uh, before we move on i know we've got a million things to go yeah. to but uh what do you do you guys have a a song from 1999 that you think would be the funniest to do a karaoke version of <laughs> oh boy uh maybe a limp Bizkit song or I'm not, not. No, I'm sorry. Um, a, a Lincoln Park song, <laughs> whatever. Mm. Like the "Shut Up When I'm Talking to You" song. <laughs> yes. like, I don't know what that's called. But, yeah. But I feel like at a bar, like that, because that change is so severe, oh, and you'd man. really have to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, you know, probably Bum Bum song. If I could, like find it, dredge it out of <laughs> the book. Dredge it. It's <laughs> a good verb for that. I think um, I thought about it a lot, but I think that it would be for some reason funny to do like a very serious version of Sugar Ray every morning. (laughs) Just a very serious version. (laughs) Yeah, that would be funny. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What should we do? Should we stay on music? Should we like stuff something in the middle here? I mean, I'm happy to stick with music, but also Let's stick I don't with music. ruin it if that's like your favorite category. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, album, yeah, then. album. Uh, it. <laughs> I feel like this is one that maybe not a lot of people are into, but I picked Fame, Pain, Full Speed Ahead. Um, Never even heard of it. You guys probably didn't even listen to this. It, it, it. Uh, well, it came out this year, obviously, but it, I... Have you, you said might... the name of the band? Yeah, Pain. Oh, they're called Pain? <laughs> Pain, yeah. They don't sound anything like 
how that might make you think they sound. Okay. Um, but uh, listeners might have caught them on uh, the Jabberjaw music video that used to be on Cartoon Network sometimes. They were the band that did that song. But uh, this album is, to me, it's like maybe like peak of the sort of pop punk ska time. Um, and I just, every song is amazing. Uh, I highly recommend uh, tracking it down if you can. It's just kind of underrated. I, I haven't known anyone else to be into it except for Dan, our friend. Um, just such a good album. Uh, is there a check so- it out. Is there a song you'd be like, go check this out? Um, yeah, listen to... I mean, probably my favorite is Futz, said Julie. Um, just, just a really solid album. Really check it out. Okay. Pain. Interesting. Uh, actually, just a little side story. I first got this album, like, I think we were in eighth grade. Loved it. And then, like, five years later, after I had forgotten about it, I went to go look for it, couldn't find it, and eventually discovered the CD behind my bed. And uh, <laughs> it became a regular um, grass-cutting uh, soundtrack. It never left your side. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> cool. Beautiful. Chris, favorite album? Pain? Uh, well, close call <laughs> was pain. Um, okay. but my favorite is, uh, well, I'm redoing my list based upon new information. Definitely. I think my favorite album of 1999, uh, legitimately at the time would be Matthew Goodband, uh, mm. beautiful midnight. Connected to your guts and all your faults are in me and all your faults in so good like it's yeah. is it corny to I, I haven't listened to it in a long time so is it corny to say it have you listened to it recently no but i mean when i think of that album i just think about how i i mean i would like listen to it all the way through and then listen to it again you know like it's a it it just created such an atmosphere um yeah and from the moment those cheerleaders start singing on giant KSS. <laughs> That's the way we spell success. And yeah. then, oh yeah, so yeah, that's my definitive favorite. My my, I was basing this on I was a lot of the albums that I loved in 1999 have just kick-ass opening tracks, and yes. I wasn't even thinking of this album. And I love that opening track, and I love the way the album opens. Um, so I'll save the other ones for close calls, uh, but. This was the year of albums I loved with just amazing opening tracks for me. Mm. So, yes, that's a great point. A lot of slappers. Um, you know, I have a slightly uh, related story about um, 
the Matthew Good Band. Uh, what's what was the song that was like the one of the singles of it? Time Bomb? Um, the one we put, the one we played at the talent yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, hey, Time yes, Bomb. Yes, yes. You know, I remember. I, I do remember playing that, but oh even God. more vividly, I remember. Um, <laughs> watching much TV uh, since we mentioned it earlier and we were literally like talk this video came on for Hello Time Bomb we're standing around watching it and we're talking about how like comparatively cheap much TV is compared to MTV and like it just looks kind of like crummy which is not just not a knock against it but as we're saying this it literally cuts off in the middle of the video goes to an infomercial. <laughs> We're like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Uh, much music, though. Thank goodness for it. Yeah, it was great. I uh, just gotta I interject. Like the, the world needs to know that Andrew and Joey played a version of Matthew Goodman who no one in this audience has ever heard of. Uh, Hello Time Bomb, in which their friend and guitar player Nick had this gimmick where he put all of his guitar pedals on a skateboard and was trying to do this like trying to like do this like solo with all these guitar pedals on the skateboard and it was just chaotic and like awkward and hilarious and it is an image that is indelibly printed in my mind (laughs) i actually envy you because i can't remember it because i was probably so nervous and like trying not to mess up that i had no idea what nick was doing so i I like envy that you actually have a memory of whatever he was doing amazing (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah, under I, I I think I will uh, revisit this album tonight. I think I might uh, Me too. take a spin mm-hmm. down memory lane, and maybe when this episode oh, airs, we might yeah, should. maybe we'll be embarrassed. But n- n- who cares? Like 1999, it was important. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, my def- you know I'll keep it real boring here. My definitive album is "Keep It Like a Secret," "Built to Spill." Mm-hmm. Um, same with "T Bear Dart" and uh, Vaughn. just i don't know like you know there's a few albums and my close call is one of these two that like i feel like changed my taste in music i'd already been kind of into weezer but this was like kind of exposed me to a new alternative of like you could also um, just jam and still sound good and melodic um doug marsh has one of my favorite singing voices i've ever heard and so just a really pretty album, really rocking. I mean, it's, it's like a weird combination of like totally rocks and is totally beautiful and just one of my favorites, if not my favorite album ever, one of my favorites. Mm. Um, yeah, could listen to it nice. all the time. Uh, close Calls? Um, yeah, my official Close Call is Shapeshifter, mm. Marcy Playground. Yes. Uh, I think this is, I love both of their first 
or you know whatever two albums two yeah. or three uh but i think i like this one better even mm. um, than the first okay i just spent so much time with it and so many of the songs like just hit the right uh just right spot for me um this was another uh, big lawn mowing song or uh, <laughs> album for me. <laughs> um, that, that's the barometer. That's how you know yeah. it's good. Yeah. They just, I, yeah, I don't know. It's so good, and I, I uh, listened to some of their stuff after this, and it like just, I feel like it became a little bit just too um, cleaned up sounding or something, like just overproduced maybe or something. Mm. I don't know. These these two albums just had a certain feel to them that, um, like, I just like the instant I put it on, I am transported to that feeling i guess do you have a favorite song on it um i do love wave motion gun i think that's probably my top song Um, yeah hard to beat that Uh, all the lights went out in heaven's a pretty hard banger great america um i mean it's another album that i love literally love every single song on it um just yeah um yeah america really great it's saturday is a another great opening yeah. track opener yeah um secret yeah, squirrel yeah uh so whew. yeah yeah yep. uh did you know that the the album artwork is amazing did you know do you know oh, what band yeah. the album artwork was originally done for i do i think uh butthole surfers yeah ah yes. that makes sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. awesome picture just bizarre I'd say I'd say I have some pretty like vivid memories of us playing um, Rush Two Stunt Mode with this mm. album playing. Sure. Probably drinking Mountain Dew. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> you were probably there. Chris. No, I wasn't there. This uh, was. I've never done that with with y'all. That sounds. Uh, it was like me and. Oh well. Me and Brett. This is probably a ra- Yeah, this is probably around the year we're just meeting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is. Yeah. I definitely have yeah. like revisiting this this stuff. I have a lot of memories of like just starting to hang out with you guys and like integrating the me, Brett, and Alan yeah. group with the right. you and yeah, uh, yes, yeah. yeah. We'll talk more on that later. I have I have something for interesting events on that. Um, uh-huh. I do I do want to say that I remember. Um, I'm not making this up. The so Marcy Playground Shapeshifter. In Foo Fighters, there's nothing left to lose. Uh, another one of Vaughn's favorites. Um, in Counting Crows, This Desert Life, and Rage Against Machine, Battle of L.A. all came out on the same day. And I remember thinking, I, I can tell you right now, like November 2nd, 1992, or 1999, <laughs> I, re- I remember thinking in my head, like, this is probably the most important day in the history of, like, released music. Like, <laughs> these albums came out at the same time. Um and it just always stuck in my head, November second. Like, wow, what an important day! Shapeshifter. There's nothing left to lose. Uh, I, I found out in retrospect that uh, Saves the Day through being cool came out that day. Um, wow. So, 
Yeah. Pretty big day still. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ride your bike up to Best Um, Buy? (laughs) You know I did. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, Where were we? Where are we on close call? Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to point out that Andrew is throwing shade at uh, that our friend Kevin, who has stated that his favorite Marcy Playground album is whatever the newest one is, which is one of the more surprising uh, Kevin takes that I've heard. Uh, One for Joey. It's even controversial to think that uh, Shapeshifter is better than uh, self-titled. I'll I'll accept it though. I'll accept it. Um, Okay. So I guess my definitive close call would be um, keep it like a secret. Life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. You were right when you said this is the end. Though at the time. I was more of a there's nothing wrong with love person. That, that's more later me, but killer opening track. But the the other five that I really love this year that like part of why I love them is that opening track where Blink-182, Enema of the State with Dumpweed... <laughs> great opening track, great guitar riff to open the, the album. Third Eye Blind, Blue, with Anything being the opener, which we talked about. Foo Fighters, uh, There's Nothing Left to Lose, with Stacked Actors as the opener, which is probably really my favorite song on the album. But in favorite songs, I was just thinking of like stuff I heard on the radio. Uh, Jimmy World Clarity with Table for Glasses. as the opener which to this day like melts my heart it's so it's so such a pretty song um and then incubus make yourself uh (laughs) which i loved at the time and the song privilege uh is a is a great opener That's that's all I got. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a, an astute point. Like just yeah, a very strong year for openers. Um, yeah, my definitive close call uh, is Polaris music from the Adventures of Pete and Pete. Oh well, um, I mean nobody knows what's wrong, but you can't keep your trousers on. Yeah, I mean, Mar- Mar- I, I, what? See, what? Go ahead. No, no, no. No, I, I'm just, I was just gonna say that's like an all-time. I didn't even think about it for that. I didn't realize it came out that year, but uh, all-time fantastic album, of course. Oh, so good. Um, I mean, really introduced me to like a whole world of music. 
uh, Miracle Legion, Mark Mulcahy, you know, all sorts of like side projects, magnetic fields. Um, but it's, it's another one of those albums that was like kind of a transformational of like, it's, you know, it's REM, but for a nineties kid, like REM felt a little bit more adult. And I feel like Polaris is like a version of that where it was for 13 year old Joey. Um, so yeah. it really struck a chord. It's still a good listening, uh, listen, um, whether you like Pete and Pete or not. Um, Allie also picked that one. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do also want to add to that just like how, I mean, when this came out, it was before everything was available. Mm hmm. Um, on the internet, you know, and like the first time I heard this album, I remember uh, uh, Dan had it like somehow at his house before. Whatever it must have been like, he must have downloaded it or something. He had the happily, um, yes, he, deranged tape. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he had that. Yeah, um, but just like listening to these songs uh, for the first time in at the time, probably ten years or something, mm. and I'd never heard them in their entirety. It was just like what is this it was just a incredible moment <laughs> yeah yeah so good um the most popular pick amongst our listeners including hannah von nostalgia society melissa and marcus was blink 182 enema of mm. the state which was un nice. undeniably a very important album for yeah. that year yeah um can i, I shout out a couple other cool. picks by people sure um we have a lot of love for Californication, Manny, Nick, Brett, Zach, Brett and Shay, uh, shout it out. Incubus, make yourself drive. Of course, a big song from that year. Um, Katie Gord, shout it out. Corn issues. Bob mentioned, um, beneath the surface. Bejiza. Um, Nico shouted out clarity, uh, Jimmy at world, Marley TLC fan mail, Lyndon, Hot, Hot Boys, Guerrilla Warfare, uh, Patrick Locke, American Football, Kev Cald and Jordan, oh. shout it out, Wilco, Sum, Summer Teeth, um, oh. Double J, Limp Biscuit, Significant Other, Vaughn mentioned uh, the White Stripes self-titled album, um, Slim Shady EP by Cynthia, Duplicitous Small Talk, and Max, uh, the, how do you say the band name, Sugar Rose, Sugar Cigarose? Cigarose. Okay. Never really got into them, but uh, I know I know they're pretty big. Um, Alexandra, Magnetic Field, 69 Love Songs. Vince, All the Way, A Decade of Song. Heath, uh, Get Up Kids, Something to Write Home About. Dang. Backstreet Boys, Millennium by Ben and C Plaq 2. Baby One More Time by C-Plug 2. AFI, Black Sails in the Sunset by Justin. Uh, Just Zach picked Anti-Flag, A New Kind of Army. True 90s Nick picked Willennium. And the Soldier Society shouted out the uh, soundtracks for Varsity Blues and Never Been Kissed. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A few other ones I feel like maybe we haven't mentioned. Sure. Um, oh, Our Lady Peace, Happiness is Not a Fish That You Can Catch. That was a close, yeah. close call. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Uh, Nas, I am. Fountains of Wayne, mm -hmm. Utopia Parkway. Mm -hmm. um, Apples and Stereo, Her Wallpaper Reverie. Um, Phoenix TX uh, and MXPX. Oh, my God. Oh, Phoenix TX. Yeah, that's yeah. an oversight. I forgot about them all together. <laughs> very, that, very good. 
wore out that record for sure. <laughs> um, Jimmy's Chicken Shack is mentioned. Bring your own stereo. Uh, Stroke Nine, Nasty Little Thoughts. Wow. Remember the Black Backpack song? Little, little Black, black Backpack. backpack. <laughs> um, around yeah. on his back. Hey, <laughs> That's it. Uh, and then the other one I had was, uh, which I came to like, I didn't know it at the time, but uh, Most Deaf Black on Both Sides. I really like that mm. album. Um, I do have one more that we haven't mentioned. Okay. Uh, State Songs by John Linnell. Oh, uh, sure. One of the, yeah. one of the, they might be giants. Yeah. Um, and, uh, excuse me if I've told this story before, but I got this CD like right before our eighth grade trip to Washington, DC. Mm. So I'd listened to it that whole trip. Um, but love this album. I feel like it's underrated and, uh, I found out about it actually at Alan's house. We were watching, I was watching Conan O'Brien, like after he went to bed or something and, uh, caught this and i was like what the hell is this and i thought they said steak songs uh-huh. and it was a period of time where like i went into the record store and asked for that and they couldn't come up with <laughs> the correct album <laughs> so i it took me like a couple of years before i got it finally or yeah. maybe a year or something yeah. um anyway yeah. uh ferguson's um oh i didn't have a ferguson for this okay my Chris Ferguson uh, album is um, Offspring Americana. I loved it at the time, uh, but man, oh man, mm, does did that yeah. age poorly? Yeah. It is very poorly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, not great. <laughs> um, I'll keep it real short and simple. I won't even explain it. Uh, it's a band called Oleander. The album is <laughs> called February February Sun. What a turd. All right. Uh, well, we've finished up music. Uh, is there anywhere you guys are jonesing to go next? We got movies. We got books. Nick Nick shows and episodes and interesting events. Maybe Nick show. Yeah. Let's just let's just Maybe. get it over with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, for me, it was easy. I think uh, SpongeBob was the yeah. the new yeah. great show. Maybe like the one of the last. Definitely one of the last great. Like old style Nickelodeon shows. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, uh, I mean, maybe it doesn't. I feel like it's one of those things that's uh, impact got kind of watered down over the years, but when it first came out, it was like, it was pretty incredible. Like, similar to the uh, first Nicktoons that came out, it was so different. Yeah. And those first few seasons really rock. Yeah. Like just all hits, uh, as some forty-one would say, all killer, no filler. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, cool, Chris. Do you have a favorite ninety-nine Nick show? Uh, you know, I uh, I I like SpongeBob, but I'm gonna have to go here with uh, Little Bill. A little Bill. <laughs> little Bill. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's SpongeBob. Um. Yeah, the, the SpongeBob thing came at an interesting time, I think, for all of us, because I think that we were, I mean, I thought that I had kind of aged out of of Nickelodeon for the most part by this time, and, um, you know, SpongeBob yeah. brought me right back in. Yeah, I think that's a good way of thinking of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's SpongeBob, no doubt. 
Um, clean sweep. Great, great first season. I mean, I think it's it's pretty much the peak of the show. Um, yeah, just great, great characters. Um, I think that's kind of what the show stands on more than anything. Um, yeah, and it looks great. I mean, fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's got a cool style. style. Yeah, cool score. Love, like, kind of love the yes. slide guitar Hawaiian vibe going on throughout. And yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Um, this was also for favorite show of the year, not just Nick show. Uh, Adventure USA, Vince, T Bear mm. Dart, and Lemonade Stand picked it as their favorite of the year. So, um, which is, I think, uh, fine. Like, that's yeah, SpongeBob that's is uh, totally fair. Uh,. I do want to note that um, it's, of course, not a show, but Doug's first movie came out uh, uh, that year. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. I either. can't well, picture it at all. I'm... Oh, you, you guys got to run out and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see it like, it, was it in theaters? Uh, it was in theaters, but I no, I didn't see it until it was mm. like, I could rent it. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah. Yeah. Close call? Uh, yeah, my close call is Rocket Power, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, love it. Riders on a mission. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it's you know, I, I, again, I think it's more than... Like, the extreme sports is just the gimmick to give them stuff to do. But mm-hmm. um, but it's fun. You know, it's not the greatest Nicktoon, but I still laugh at it, and the characters are really good. It's a, and it looks good. So, I don't know. I always liked it. Chris, close call. Uh, I'm going to go with Maisie. What? What? Maisie. <laughs> what is Maisie? Yeah. Is that a thing? Uh, do you guys not host a Nick, 90s Nickelodeon podcast? <laughs> Man, I don't, e- I don't even know any. Di- I don't even know anymore these days. Like... <laughs> Well, uh, Maisie is a British animated television series based on the book series by uh, Lucy. Oh, hold on, get rid of these pop-ups here. Uh, uh, based on uh, the book series by Lucy Cousins, it was produced by King Rollo Films and Polygram Visual Programming. Mm-hmm. And you one... like it? This or... must be. <laughs> It this has got to be it, a Nick Jr. <laughs> I mean, which is fine. It had a 24-minute runtime, um, just one season at 26 episodes. Kind of like a, a Freaks and Geeks kind of cult classic. Are you just protesting the fact that all that's available is Rocket Power Amanda Show and 100 Deeds? Or <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, gun to my temple. Uh, I guess I'm picking Rocket Power. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's fine. I do, I I have disagreed with you throughout. I don't like the animation on it. Um, mm. I don't love the characters. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> it, but it's Amanda Show is nearly insufferable and uh, 100 eddie 100 deeds for mcdowd is almost like actually insufferable well yeah like a like a stain on humanity um <laughs> so 
rocket power by default, I guess. Um, rocket power is also the pick of Karuna as her nice. favorite Nick show. Um, and the Amanda show, which briefly was mentioned, was picked by Marley and Nick. And also, I think our friend Melissa, of oh, course, yeah. loves the Amanda show. Um, Ferguson? Uh, of course, 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Might be the all-time Ferguson show of this era. Yeah. We've yet to cover it. I really don't think we will. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, do yeah. you have a Ferguson? Uh, some other I mean, deep I don't cut really Nick, know. Ju- uh, Nick Jr. Or... <laughs> no, it's the Amanda show. I I believe you guys mm-hmm. that 100 Deeds for Eddie McDowd is uh, bad, but... Um, I've never seen it in my life, so I couldn't speak to it. Sure. And I wasn't going to, you know, watch it just to confirm that it was bad. I, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, up until, you know, not knowing what Maisie was, I thought you guys were kind of the experts in this uh, field. Um, so I might have to revisit it because it might be really good. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I just looked it up and I don't even remember seeing it before. Um, like the look of it. Uh, it had to have been a Nick Jr. though. Maisie? Yeah, it was Nick Jr. Yeah. I could sing you the song. I remember the theme song. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Let's hear it. Yeah, <clears throat> let's hear it. Maisie, 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 Mouse. Maisie, Maisie, Mouse. Nice. <laughs> I still I don't remember just it, making it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> he could just be making it up. Um, all right, well, great. Yeah, a hundred deeds for uh, Eddie McDowd is my yes. Ferguson. Yeah. Um, I just also wanted to note that a few shows ended this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're on Animorphs and Figure It Out. Uh, and Are You Afraid of the Dark returns with the Tucker Years. Yeah. Um. This is also the final Nick New Year's, uh, like, uh, you know, celebration thing. That's that's a shame. Yeah. Those were fun. Yeah. Well, why don't we why don't we just why don't we talk Nick shows here real fast? What are what sure. are your favorite episodes? Yeah, uh, my favorite episode is SpongeBob Help Wanted, season one, mm. episode one. That was the finest fast foodsmanship I've ever seen, Mister SquarePants. Welcome aboard. Good morning, Krusty Crew. What would you like to order, Patrick? One Krabby Patty, please. Yep. Um, just so good and such a, a surprise when I first saw it. Um, I, I think I might have even seen it with Brett during the premiere. It was just like, mm. what the hell is this? Uh, so it was yeah, just such a fun episode. Um, the end is just so satisfying. Uh, Spongebob flying in to feed all the nematodes. Um, yeah. yeah, it's so, so good and uh, really like established the series from the get-go. Yeah, that that was also Zach, Nick, and Shay's pick. Nice. That's a great great one. That whole first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. That second part, too, is very good. Well, I went with uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. The Tale of Vampire Town. What? Tonight I arrive in Wisteria, the fabled vampire town. Only last week there was a vampire attack in this quiet hamlet. Could it be that Dreyfus 
the greatest vampire of all has returned? Legend has it that he slept in the catacombs beneath Wisteria for centuries. If this is true, and he is indeed risen from his grave, I will do everything in my power to meet him. Face to face. So good. Also picked by Justin and Brett. Um, it's, uh, it's the best episode, I think, of the revival. Um, you know, this is where the kid and his family stop on vacation and they kind of end up in these catacombs and there's Dreyfus, the vampire. And it's really, it's a really fun odyssey. Dreyfus? Uh, the vampire's name is Dreyfus. Huh. Um, cool. yeah, it's a fun episode. Really fun. And, uh, if you haven't caught it, I think that's the best one. Wow. Yeah. Cool. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's, gr- it's great. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, close call? Uh, yeah, my close call is Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of Oblivion, which um, the one where uh, he, the kid sends can send things into this weird oblivion nowhere space. Um, yeah. I think this was... Uh, I think I voted this as top episode of the sixth season um yeah i think you did just yeah fun one great uh i don't know action packed good idea and like uh paced really well i just thought it was a solid season six one yeah it's a it's a very good one um one of the better of that season i'd say like solidly in that two three range right behind vampire town and like gruesome gourmets <laughs> Chris, what's your close? I'm dying. The people are dying to know, Chris. What's your close call? Well, uh, after serious consideration, I'm going with the tale of the zombie dice. Mm. Yeah. Which? What are your What are your thoughts? Is an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that came out in 1999. <gasps> Yeah, Zombie Dice is actually, I think, uh, another pretty good one. Yeah, it is a strong episode from that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Vange tells the story. We've got a great villain with Mr. Click. Mm-hmm. We've got Jay Baruchel as, oh, uh, yeah. as our guest star. Yeah. Uh, little known fact, this was his first <laughs> appearance in the Revive series, but his second appearance overall. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you love it, like just from like your energy. Yeah, I, I, uh, one of my favorite TV writers, uh, Maggie Lee wrote this one, and she's just responsible for just a whole lot of stuff that I love. Yeah. Um, did we ever mention that Chris is purported to look a lot like Jay Baruchel? Ne- oh yeah, I've never. Heard Chris that. has major Jay Baruchel vibes. Really? <laughs> never heard that. No. Feel like that's a big time, yeah, long time thing. Yeah, you guys. I don't know if you look exactly alike, but you guys have like a real similar demeanor. You kind of look like him too. So yeah. Oh, uh, maybe that's why I like that episode so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um. Okay. Well, uh, let's let's keep the Are You Afraid of the Dark love going. My close call is, of course, the tale of Jake the Snake, mm. uh, sure. told by Tucker. This uh, is the story of Wiley Helpin, who just dreams of being on the hockey team. 
And a vicious snake man in the basement has a hockey stick that can make his dreams come true. But, uh, you know, as time goes on, he turns into a scaly kind of human. A um, lot of great laughs in this episode. This is purely a lo- like a laugh pick. It's so funny. You remind me of a guy that used to play here. Really? Did he stink too? Yes, he did. At first. But he went on to be one of the greatest to ever play the game. They called him Jake the Snake because he could snake through any defense. He got himself a new stick. It gave him a whole new attitude. And he cleaned house. You could even be a pro. Whoa, rewind. Tucker just gassed you nasty and you're not ticked. Um, it's one of my favorite episodes. We've done an episode review on. Go back and listen to that one. Uh, with Melissa, who I think was totally baffled by uh, the episode. Um, Love it. Just, yeah. Jake the Snake. Big fan. Yes. It's great. Uh, Do you have a Ferguson? I didn't bother with one. Um, Oh, you better believe it. (laughs) Okay. It's it's gruesome gourmets. You're you're a fool. (laughs) I know. People love it. It's yeah. unpopular opinion, but uh-huh. I stand by it. You really um, think that's the worst one of that year? Yeah, from that season. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, it's boy. just kind of a mess. And I there's things I like about it, but overall, it's just... it. I, th- I vaguely even remember watching the episode when it first aired and it, like, turning me off from continuing on that season. Hmm. Okay. To each their own. To each sure. their own. Yeah. Chris, do you have a Ferguson? No, I, I just liked too much of the stuff here for 99. I couldn't, there's nothing I really disliked. Mm, sure. Oh, sure. yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, by the way, Brett also shouted out Oblivion, Andrew. Ah, nice. Uh, let me read some other picks here. Uh, ben picked uh, SpongeBob Pizza Delivery. Mm, nice. The most popular Great. pick, picked by Nico, Katie, and Marley, was Helga on the Couch. Hmm. Uh, Adventure USA picked the tale of Secret Admirer. Uh, Small Talk picked uh, Hey Arnold, Oscar Can't Read. Nice. Ketchup Spectra picked uh, SpongeBob Pickles. Nice. Manny picked Keenan, Three Girls, a Guy, and a Cineplex. <laughs> uh, Vince and Jordan picked Hey Arnold, Headless Cabbie. Uh, Justin picked Rip Pants. Is that Spongebob? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Allie picked Gruesome Gourmets. Nothing but respect. <laughs> uh, House Hunters and Close Encounters from Keenan and Kel was picked by Vaughn. Uh, uh, hey Arnold, Weird Cousin by the Nostalgia Society, as well as Jellyfish from Spongebob. And my pal Brooke picked Jake the Snake. Nice. So, uh, some picks. <laughs> Not a great year in Nickelodeon, honestly, but... Um, not terrible though. Yeah, I mean SpongeBob worse. SpongeBob really saves it. And yeah. and, and hey Arnold's an okay season. Yeah. But, uh, all right, let's re- why don't let's get to the main feature here. Can we can we do movies? Sure, sure. This is this is a big year. Uh some call it the greatest year in movies. Whoa, who? Um Well, Chris, you sent me a whole there's a whole book on it, right? Oh, wow. yeah yeah 
I don't know how definitive uh, that book is, but it's like the year that changed movies forever. 1999 is like the name of the book or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a big movie podcast person and they're, they're, you know, some of my favorite shows also makes a lot of reference to 99 as a pretty important year. I think there's a lot of very popular uh, memorable movies that came out this year. Um, I suspect we might all have different picks, but who knows? Um, Probably. My my favorite movie of all time came out this year. Of um, all time? Oh boy. Of, I don't know time. what it is, but can't wait. Can't... Yeah. Well, kick us off, Andrew. What is your favorite movie of 99? My favorite is easily The Matrix. Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? It's the question that drives us, Neo. What is the Matrix? It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. You are a slave born into a prison for your mind. The Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. Try to realize the truth. What truth? Um, there is yeah, no I mean, I, I won't uh, rehash the story, but... Seeing that for the first time was just like a mind-blowing experience um, as a kid. It just, uh, I don't know. It was like one of those movies that seems real almost. Um, and it, like, I don't know, like almost like it always existed, but of course it didn't. But it just has this, uh, I don't know, the ideas. The, I mean, the action is cool, very cool, but it's like, I guess the idea of it is my favorite part, um, but you know I've been thinking about it ever since. It's yeah, it's it's my sixth favorite of the year, hmm. which tells you what you're it, still thinking about the Matrix. I mean, <laughs> not every second of every day, but you know, occasionally think of it. Chris, did you did cool. you like? I mean, I I admittedly did not catch the Matrix when it came out initially. Mm. Um, that may have been like a you know, it was that our Matrix is our right. I think so. And it was still a little close age wise, so I think I didn't catch it until like a year or two. Well, maybe a year because I feel like I went and saw the sequels because they were PG thirteen. I, I remember my dad yeah. really wanted to go see them, so I must have caught up within a year or so. But um, the first yeah. one's great uh, for sure. Incredible, really. Yeah, I think. It, really the perfect vehicle for Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what? I uh, think I recently watched the fourth one, finally. Mm-hmm. And and I enjoyed it. I mean, it's maybe my least favorite of the series, but I still really liked it. Um, and I think that the part of the reason why is because uh, it left me like thinking about what they were doing, like the choices they made for it, what was happening in the movie, like why everything was happening. It's just, I feel like especially in recent years, like big blockbuster movies rarely leave me with any impression almost afterward. Like I walk mm-hmm. out and just, you know, I let it go the instant I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, but these movies, you know, just stuck with me. I think they definitely changed the game. I mean, like that, like no doubt about it. Matrix I think kind of changed blockbusters. Oh, yeah. um, Chris is matrix. Your favorite? Uh, no, although I did like it a lot. 
uh, I think it's funny too to think about how that bullet from the corn video kind of like seemed so mind blowing at the time. And then like the dodging the bullet scene in slow motion from the matrix, like kind of seemed to change uh, movie cinematography almost for the worse. Um, I mean that, that, that scene is very cool, but I feel like they're, they just over have overdone that kind of effect since then. So uh, two bullets with a, with a long um, kind of, cultural <laughs> trail that they blazed um, i mean that that corn bullet really really changed the game for music videos too <laughs> it really did <laughs> uh advent by the way adventure usa bob brett and nostalgia society and marcus picked the matrix uh i think it was it was tied as the most popular pick nice all right chris uh so i will just say first of all that joey i'm i know what your favorite and your close call is going to be and andrew i thought that you might go either matrix or ed tv i wasn't sure uh which direction you were going to go there but (laughs) it was was a toss-up uh but my favorite movie of 1999 is uh being john malkovich welcome to the seven and a half floor of the merton plumber building my name is Craig Schwartz, and I have an interview with Dr. Lester. Please have a seat, Mr. Juarez. My name is Schwartz. My name is Schwartz. Which of these two letters comes first, this one or this one? The symbol on the left is not a letter, sir. Damn, you're good. Do you know that I don't even know your name or where you work? And 50 other lines to get into a girl's pants. <laughs> yeah. So, honey, you thought any more about us having a baby? I think that maybe we should just wait and see if this job thing pays off. There's a tiny door in my office, Maxine, and it takes you inside John Malkovich. There's no such thing as a hole into somebody's brain. Yes, there is. You see the world through John mm-hmm. Malkovich's eyes? Really good. Yeah. Surprise pick. I just, it's really rewatchable. I like it a lot. Um, just, uh, I don't even, I don't know. It, I, I like to think of adaptation as my favorite charlie kaufman written movie even though i think synecdoche new york is the one that hits me the hardest but i think the most rewatchable of those charlie kaufman movies for me is uh bjm um just really kind of enjoyable it's you know it gets heavy like all those kaufman movies do but uh just i don't know i just really like it i could i could throw it on a lot of the time and i can't say that for most movies hmm. and it yeah an insanely good um john cusack performance yeah very good um i'm a i'm a cusack apologist <laughs> as you should be as you should yeah. be. yeah <laughs> um yeah it's great uh it's super bizarre i mean i think that's my the thing that uh, sucked me in originally it's just like the weirdness of the idea um yeah. I will admit that I definitely didn't see this in 1999, though. Mm, sure. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. It's cool, though, that a movie this weird could be that popular. Like, it was yeah. popular during that year. It was kind of a phenomenon. So, it, you know, I'm glad yeah. weird things like that still sneak through. Yeah, for sure. Um, That is my fifth favorite movie of mm-hmm. 1999. Chris barely uh, edged me out. Yeah, just on your list. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite movie of 1999 and my favorite film of all time uh, is a documentary uh, that nobody else picked called American Movie. Hey, Mike, make sure everyone has brown gloves. Does everyone have brown gloves? No, dude, dude, dude. I'm broke, man. I got to get gas tomorrow. And dude's talking about making a feature film. Uh, the name of the film is Coven. Coven, Coven. Uh, coven, uh, that's the proper pronunciation. No, no, Coven sounds like oven, man, and that's just, it doesn't work. She wants to be in your film, Bill. Oh, my gosh. You get your three grand back. It's the first line of the film, man. It's got to be on the money. It's all right. Uh... Okay, I believe we can do this. Take 30. Um, cut. You got to watch your teeth, too, because they clack a little bit when they loosen up in the mouth. We get to see Americans and American dreams, and you won't walk away depressed after seeing this. This whole thing is turned into a theatrical mockery. Do you understand that, Mike? No. <laughs> well, you will. Would you buy this movie for $14.95? Hell yeah, man. I if I can find 3,000 people like you across this country, man, I'm in business. <laughs> The movie follows a guy named Mark uh, Burchot, an inspiring filmmaker from working-class Wisconsin. He is set on finishing his low-budget horror movie, despite a barrage of difficulties. Uh, he's plagued by a lack of cash, unreliable help, and numerous personal problems. Mark wants to complete the film to raise funds for a more ambitious uh, horror movie that he's hoping to make. And... Uh... So that's a little bit about what it's what it, what it's about. But the, the film combines for me my favorite things. It's a documentary, a fly on the wall type thing, uh, making of a movie. I love documentaries that um, kind of the, follow a making of movie. And in this case, it's, you know, a movie, a director that nobody knows, a guy that nobody knows. Um, it's a real Midwestern slice of life. Um, just absolutely my favorite form of filmmaking. Uh, and the the people in the movie are just so unique and funny. Like every word they speak seems like brilliant dialogue. Um, I quote it often uh, around my house. Um, the people are funny. Uh, problems are relatable. Ambition in the face of bleak. Uh, and, and, you know, this guy's ambition in the face of like all these problems, the bleak Midwest. Um, just love it. I usually watch it once every year, usually in October. Um, and it's not available to stream anywhere, but it's available to rent for about $2 everywhere. Um, so if you've never seen the documentary American movie and you want to know, like, you want to watch something that I think is perfect, <laughs> this is, this is it. American movie. Uh, I, I've only seen it once and now i can like only vaguely remember it um so i might have to give it a rewatch uh yeah i remember liking it but have you yeah. seen it chris yeah it's been a while I, I remember enjoying it and i like you andrew i probably watched it at gunpoint with joey uh <laughs> at some point in, in my 20s <laughs> uh i mean Joey, I like it. I like playing this game sometimes. Like imagining, like if if you have a if you had a doll that had like uh, different sayings on it. Like what would what would some of the sayings be? Uh, I like to think about this for people, and 
the, something about American movie would be like one of the five sayings on like the Joey doll. Like, <laughs> would you like to borrow my DVD copy of American movie? <laughs> uh, yeah. I forced uh, Max and Melissa to borrow it. And um, they had it for like almost a year. And, uh, <laughs> and so I ended up just buying it on Amazon, like to stream. And Melissa's like, do you want it back? I'm like, oh, that's all right. I just went ahead and bought it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know why it's so important to me. It's just like it's totally my aesthetic. Um, I feel like I just kind of know it. This guy is like super ambitious. Uh, I love it, even though like it doesn't seem like the odds are in his favor. Uh, the documentary, the guy who made the documentary, Chris Smith, he's made a lot of pretty like popular stuff recently. He made the Fire Festival documentary. Um, there's a documentary series on HBO right now called the hundred foot wave he made. Um, he did the, uh, Andy and Jim movie about the Jim Carrey making the Andy Kaufman movie. Um, so good director, but perfect film. Um, there is no better film in 1999. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Oh, go ahead. Uh, it feels appropriate somehow, like just how opposite it is from the Matrix. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, but maybe a fun double feature. Who knows? We yeah, could, yeah. we could, we could arrange that. Um, <laughs> Chris, do you think you know what Andrew's close call is? Because I really have no. I have a guess, but I think I might be wrong. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Baby Geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say too. Weird. Okay. Also, good guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it is, in fact, office space. Mm. Um, and, mm. I, mean, I could have guessed that. I should have thought about that. <laughs> so if you would, would you walk us through a typical day for you? Yeah. Great. Well, I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. Uh, I use the side door. That way lumber can't see me. <laughs> and... Uh, after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Uh, space out? Yeah, I just stare at my desk. But it looks like I'm working. I do that for uh, probably another hour after lunch, too. I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. <laughs> uh, love it so much. Seen it so many times. I still love it. Uh, I feel like it's still probably relatable to working in an office um i just i don't know it's one of those movies that i've seen so many times it's just become a part of like my head canon of uh like you know my personal library um Mm -hmm. yeah i I just love it so much still uh, hilarious highly recommended if everyone out there hasn't seen it somehow every character is great so quotable great pacing it's a movie that really flies by there's no like extra fat on it uh it was also alexandra nico bob brett Mm -hmm. and manny's pick also tied with the matrix as well uh the other one that was tied which i don't know i don't think will come up uh was 10 things i hate about you whoa which was picked by alexandra ben pixie pruitt hannah stotts and shay wow i mean i i actually do sort of like it i haven't seen it in years but yeah Chris, what's your close call? My close call is a movie that 
again, really rewatchable. And a movie I did see in 1999 and loved. It is uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Let's just say who should win, who deserves to win, is Amber. Why don't you just be the big old target on your ass? Best damn tapper, the most smartest. Most smartest? Yeah. Oh, that's great. You're real educated, like most smartest. Get a picture of that. Most smartest. Most smartest. Come on, come on. I'm cutting you off and sending you home. She's cutting well, go home. Well, excuse me, enough, on, but sweetie, I'm breaking up go. your kid here. I know. Come on, let's go. Let's Amber's going to be the next Diane Sawyer. Right we'll see you know. later. They're making a movie. Are they making a movie? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which. I mean, there are a lot of really good movies that came out, and I think that it's kind of uh, doesn't have the prestige of a lot of these, like, you know, canonical great 90s films from 1999. But it just, it's just such a silly movie. Um, And it just, I don't know, it just puts me, it it kind of has the vibe to me of like what I wish a lot of that, like, best in show. I forgot what that, that director, you know, that, Mm -hmm. uh, that whole, crew of people uh but like to me it's like a fun christopher guest yeah to me it's like a funnier version of that kind of thing um i don't know just tonally really really super light the whole way really just i don't know just super enjoyable it's like like a candy movie for me i i love it i i feel like uh, this was also vaughn's pick I feel like I remember watching it a bunch our freshman year in college, Chris. I think either you owned it or it was on TV a lot, but I have vivid memories in the dorm of watching this. Hmm. Oh, I own it. You owned it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, Doug's first movie, Drop Dead sure. Gorgeous. Yeah double feature tonight (laughs) (laughs) perfect uh it is really really funny and then you're right like uh comparing it to a christopher guest movie is i think the perfect kind of uh thing to keep in mind if you're Mm -hmm. considering it um my ferguson uh was also picked by alexander nico bob brett manny and andrew that's office space oh nice um just just love it Close Fire. call? You mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Ferguson? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. Close call. Close call. Yeah. Office Space, endlessly rewatchable. I think one of the best comedies ever made. Um, yeah, just totally ingenious. And I told Dom, too, because they've moved my desk four times already this year, and I used to be over by the window, and I could see the squirrels, and they were married, but then they switched from the swing line to the Boston stapler, but I kept my swing line stapler because it didn't bind up as much, and, and I kept the staples for the swing line stapler. Okay, Milton. And, oh, no, it's not okay, because if they make me, if they if they take my, my stapler, then I'll, I'll, I'll have to I'll set the building on fire. Okay, well, that sounds, uh, sounds great. Uh, I'll talk to you later, all right? Bye. Kind of hit the, you know, right now, the the work, like, life, work life, at home you know work-life balance type stuff is like a big topic hot topic right now and um i feel like this hit on it you know two decades ahead of it so uh just wanted to point out um specifically steven root as milton as just being Mm -hmm. a particularly bizarre and interesting uh, character and performance all-time performance (laughs) yes I was going to say that I am surprised to hear that that's Joey's close mm. call. I I was 
sure that a different 1999 film w- w- was going. We'll just be say it, and I'll tell you where it is on the list. <laughs> man on the Moon, man. Uh, oh, man. Great, <laughs> man. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Uh, that was my 13th favorite of the year. Wow. Whoa. Wow. I'm way off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good. It's good. It's not. Uh, it's actually a, an example of a Jim Carrey performance where I think, like, I think he thinks he's tapping into it, but it's a little. It's so cartoonish and almost characterish, character like a caricature mm-hmm. that uh, I kind of find it off putting. Like I really have to be in the mood for it. Hmm. Well, I do love it. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I mean that that's the thing. Like my top twenty, I kind of love all these movies. Hmm. Um. I'll, I'll go through here and read some of the ones people picked. There was a bunch, so stay patient. Cool. Uh, the Sixth Sense, which was my third pick. Mm. That's Josh wow. Pickens, C. Plaque 2, and Karuna. The Talented Mr. Ripley, which was my fourth pick. Uh, wow. That was Max. Uh, the Green Mile came out. No one picked it, but that's a good movie. Mm. Uh, nice. Galaxy Quest, Nostalgia Society, nice. and Catch Up Spectra. Great, great. Um, yeah. Great movie. Uh, Election. Alexander Payne, mm. love it. Catch up Spectra. Uh Josh Pickens mentioned the hurricane, the um the yeah, yeah. the biopic. Um Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me, Vince. Mm. Toy Story 2 by just Zach. Uh I should we should mention David Lynch's Disney epic The Straight Story comes out this year. Yes, that was great. Yeah. Um Eyes Wide Shut, Vince mentioned, Blair Witch Project, Zach mentioned, Jordan, T-Bear, Dart, and Shay, all like Sleepy Hollow, mm, Vaughn, yeah, Melissa, those... Allie, like American Beauty, Alexandra, Nostalgia Society, and Elise mentioned Blast from the Past, Goblin Parade picked Detroit Rock City, Yeah, Katie Gord, Marley Mook picked Big Daddy, C-Plaque 2, She's All That, Katie Gord, Girl Interrupted, Goblin Heath, just Zach. Lemonade Stand picked Iron Giant. Brooks mm. mentioned American Pie. Uh, Throw Revert mentioned Cruel Intentions. Brody Man picked uh, The Phantom Menace. Um, oh, yeah. Nostalgia Society picked Varsity Blues. Justin Idle Hands. True 90s Nick, 007, The World Is Not Enough. Uh, Double J and Duplicitous Small Talk picked Go. Uh, Big Ross, Big Boss Rouse picked Gamera 3, Kevin, Kev called Vince Shea and Patrick Locke picked The Mummy. Um, uh, a couple yeah. shout outs for Never Been Kissed. Nick picked Stuart Little. Uh, Josh picked Any Given Sunday. Lyndon picked The Wood. Uh, Vince shouted out South Park. Uh, and there is oh, yeah. even so many more beyond that. Uh, Virgin Suicides. <laughs> Uh, the Haunting, October Sky, The Insider, Magnolia. Um, a pretty crazy year. Uh, yeah, also just some other ones. Fight Club, uh, Idle Hands. We kind of talked about Mystery Men. Um, Blue yeah. Streak, Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, did I mention American Pie? I feel like some people picked that. Brooks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Superstar, Cider House Rules, uh, Lake Placid, Wild Wild mm. West, Bowfinger, Runaway Bl- <laughs> Runaway Bride, Bicentennial Man. Sure. 
Um, it's a pretty, yeah. To, to me, there are like two big patterns that, that from 1999, like similar to the music, like in terms of just like pure pop, there's like a, a, a string of these kind of like per, pure pop kind of movies that people still love now. Like that 10 things I hate about you, cruel intentions, mm-hmm. varsity blues. She's all that. Um, and then, you know, darker versions of that with girl interrupted virgin suicides, American beauty. Um, and then there's like another kind of movie from 1999 that I'd call like the experience movie, like sixth sense Blair, Witch project, um, mm-hmm. American Pie, um, even Phantom Menace or Austin Powers or South Park, like movies. Well, and and even um, Varsity Blues has this too. Movies that have like a scene or a moment or The Matrix, of course, that were like, they're almost designed to like have this kind of like meme, meme kind of like response where like mm-hmm. to really get people talking or to, it kind of seemed to usher in a new age of like how movies are structured around like a central moment that is like shocking or hilarious or risque or um yeah. and maybe eyes wide shut fits into this too that that become like i i just don't remember that all happening so much in one year before this or really no, after i think that's a great great point um yeah e- yeah even the prestige stuff had it like magnolia with the frogs i think you're right on eyes wide shut uh, stupid stuff like um, Austin Powers with like the Wiener Rocket. Um, it seems, um, yeah, I think you're right. There's like kind of a thing going on in film this year, which I which I'll mention talk a little bit about more with my Ferguson. Mm. Hmm. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Uh, this is a again like another Ferguson that I don't absolutely hate, but. It's uh, Austin Powers 2. It's my who shagged me. Um, I, I just loved the first one so much when it came out, and I felt like this one, just, I I was just kind of disappointed. I felt like um, the humor just became more, like, more about, like, getting the raunchiest joke they could, which is fine if it's, like, funny, but... It just didn't feel quite the same as the first movie. Um, and I think, uh, I, I know I told you this before, Joe, but I think I might have even, like, um, lost a couple of friends during when this came out because we saw it at the theater and my rea- they were, like, loving it. My reaction was just like, eh, it's not, I don't, I don't really like it that much. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I always felt like, that was it that was the moment yeah i mean this movie essentially just feels like leftovers from the first uh you know what i mean like it's just it's it's a lot of the same jokes you know reheated uh yeah and uh, not as good Um, yes yeah that's how i felt i still kind of feel yeah i mean i liked it i thought it was funny but i don't think it achieves anything outside of what the original had already done Chris, did you have a Ferguson? Oh yeah, um, I feel strongly feel good about this Ferguson pick, um, Magnolia. I just rewatched it last week and just can't believe how much I hate it. Like every scene, I think is 
bad. Um, and, and I like, I mean, I still haven't watched uh, Licorice Pizza, but I mean, I didn't, maybe I saw it a long time ago, but I didn't really remember much about it, but I was watching it with Rebecca and she made the observation. She's like, this just feels like, like a cocaine fueled movie. And that resonated completely with me. It's like, yeah, it's like every scene, it's like more, more, bigger, you know, longer, weirder. Um, the acting is just so off-putting. The writing is just so like unrealistic and like trying to be clever for the sake of being clever, but to the detriment of an overall story. And I'm like, yeah, this is a, this is a cocaine movie. This is like, and, and sure enough, um, I, I looked into this to see if I could find any evidence for it. And uh, Fiona Apple had this like kind of big tell-all interview uh, about her relationship with Paul Thomas Anderson that came out pretty recently. I think maybe even as recently as last week in which she talked about kind of like quitting drugs after um, like a Coke-fueled night with PTA and uh, Tarantino. And it was right at this time. And then I read an AV article about that came out actually I don't know how recently about whether this movie is like a masterpiece or like awful and also mentioned like it's kind of like the the kind of stories about PTA's kind of drug use at this point and it just totally bears out in the movie it's like it's such a cautionary tale about no matter how good cocaine makes you feel it just makes you do and say stupid things it makes you think that stupid things are good and um not since mother have i had such a visceral reaction to like the pomposity but just like utter boring quotidian like mediocrity of the execution of something that's supposed to be high art yeah i agree i i think well i I love Paul Thomas Anderson and I do think this is his worst movie. Um, I bought the like, whatever the double DVD back when it came out and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff and you can kind of tell, like, I don't know if he's coked out, but something's going on. Like he's on a real power trip uh, directing like all the stuff behind the scenes. And I think you can feel it in the movie. I think outside of the first Whatever that is, Chris, you've seen it more recently. That first five minute sequence where like Patton Oswald's narrating like the chance of or um, coincidence. I, I was gonna say I don't even like that section. It just goes on interminably long. It's like not five minutes. It's like eleven minutes, and the whole time is the uh, one is the loneliest number. Like an another thing, and I know this is like a Paul Thomas Anderson thing that he loves music and he loves like whole songs in movies but the music is so distracting there's there's almost a whole song in every scene of that movie and it just like it just turns it into just like a stitched together kind of three and a half hour movie of just scenes with like of, of like music videos or something like um, but that one is the loneliest number lasts like six minutes it's like a six minute version of this song um is that amy man who does all the music i don't remember something like that um yeah amy man yeah but even i mean i could see like i like the 
idea or the conceit of like this kind of there are no coincidences. It's a cool way to begin the movie, but to me, it just is just so long. Um, that that opening scene and and with the same song playing in the background, it's just I don't know, really I don't know, it really grates me for some reason. Yeah, I, it's not an easy watch. Uh, that's that's for sure, and I think it's definitely pretentious. I feel like he self corrects. I mean, the next movie is an hour and a half, Punch Drunk Love. And then, like, There Will Be Blood and The Master are pretty much, like, I feel like him figuring out, like, oh, I can be great at this without being so pretentious. Totally. Um, well, I hate to say it, sort of, but I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen Magnolia. Okay. Well, yeah. I think what we're saying here is you don't... Yeah, this is, this is not a Doug's first movie. Yeah, you don't have to run out and watch this one. Sure, sure. <laughs> um. My uh, my Ferguson is Fight Club. Interesting. Wow. Um, it is, it is a movie that I I'm I don't even want to get into like the meaning of Fight Club. Like I guess there's there's a ton of conversations to be had there. I think there is some some of the same pretentiousness that I feel with Magnolia, which I think is actually a really good Ferguson pick. Um. But I like the aesthetics of Fight Club. Like I truly dislike watching the movie. I don't like the way it looks. I don't really like the action or the pacing. Um, I, it's just like kind of a grody movie. Um, I know it's making a statement on masculinity, but at the same time, like I feel like um, it didn't actually help anything or like open people's eyes. And so, like all I feel like I'm watching is actually just some kind of weird endorsement or uh, I don't know. It misses the mark for me. Totally. Um, it's just not really a movie I enjoy. And um, I get that people love it, but maybe for the same reasons as Chris's Magnolia pick, it's uh, just the tone is totally wrong. And uh, I know that uh, I'm wrong on it because it's pretty beloved, but um, yeah, I mean, I love it. I think I think for me it was always just like that, um, that almost like comic booky feel to it um, that sucked me in, like the over the top everything sort of mm. uh, the way they present everything. Um, I just liked I don't know. It feels like it's like going for whatever. Yeah. Like going for it, whatever it is. Um, but you know, I, I respect your. Yeah. I also I never really love and spoiler alert here if you haven't seen Fight Club go ahead and like fast forward 15 seconds but uh, I I never like the twist of like Brad Pitt is Ed Norton and Ed Norton is Brad Pitt like yes. I just I, I whether whatever it might be Twilight Zone or I just don't like that twist um, I feel like this might have been the first big one for me at least hmm. of that th- that thing so okay. at the time it like felt new. Yeah. Um, I mean, since then it's been, uh, you know, done all over the place. But well, I don't even mean like my like I'm tired of it. I just don't yeah. like it as like it's like uh my, it's like my mummy hatred of like any movie about mummies. Like it's mm. it's a, it's like an aesthetic slash story choice type thing of like this just is not interesting to me. Um, but. Okay. Teach, you're like you said, teach their own. It was Jesse's favorite movie of the year. I apologize, Jesse. No, no harm, no foul, but uh, yeah, okay. Also fits that kind of Sixth Sense Blair Witch 
kind of um, idea of like just a central moment or like just or even American Pie with the you know like it, yeah. whatever I said before it kind of it's another one of those movies and I totally agree with the point that um, the especially considering the like response and like where it fits culturally now like you're you're more likely to have like the Joe Rogan listener guy love <laughs> Fight Club than right. the guy who's actually like thought about like his own masculinity and how it's maybe kind of built on these kind of stupid rules. I mean, there's the, the, it should be considered a satire. And I don't think that like most people who watch that movie or read the book really kind of understand it as satire. And I also have like um, a critical spot for that kind of thing. Like uh, Wolf of Wall Street is another one that kind of fits into that, um, that, thing for me where like it's supposed to be a critique of the idea but the audience ends up celebrating the very thing that the movie is setting out to critique so i think that that uh, i don't know to me that's a good point about fight club even though i agree with andrew too like i like i like the movie but um yeah i i definitely think that those critiques are fair yeah yeah for sure cool Uh, should we move to books or interesting events? Uh, I don't know. Book? Maybe. Books. Yeah. Books. All right. I got nothing to say. I'll read the listeners' picks. You guys go ahead. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> my top book of the year is Sputnik Sweetheart by Haruki Murakami. Um, pretty famous, uh, like speculative sci fi fiction author. Um, and this is in that same vein. Um, like people like kind of weirdly disappearing and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it's got a really just unique feel to it um, and feels like for for the weird stuff that's happening, it feels very personal and kind of like weirdly compact, um, but uh, just kind of a bizarre read, like a unique read. And um, so... Yeah, I, I really like his work in general, but um, this was uh, really an enjoyable, like, interesting, thought-provoking read. What's it called? Uh, Sputnik Sweetheart. Sounds cool. Um, uh, so my favorite book of 1999 is uh, uh, kind of fits uh, with Joey's Ferguson, uh, a 1999 masculinity critique it is uh david foster wallace's mm. brief interviews with hideous men um mm. i've actually not read the book but i've listened to the audiobook a couple times and uh if if uh any audiobook heads out there looking for uh, a good listen for like a long drive i'd really recommend the audiobook because i think it's like 30 something stories or kind of like which are kind of um I don't know, you'd call it like metafiction or something, um, kind of breaking down the walls. But it's all kind of centered on this kind of gross, I mean, like I said, like hideous men, like gross, these gross men. And I think it works better as a critique than the book or movie Fight Club of of uh, masculinity, or at least an interrogation of, of late 90s masculinity um but the the um audiobook is great because you get a ton of different readers a lot of kind of well-known actors reading 
Um, so even though I didn't actually read the physical book, uh, that is my pick for best book of 99. Um, I've seen that movie, which was directed by John Krasinski. And the movie's not amazing, but, uh, you know, that's no critique of, I, I don't doubt that, uh, the book is good. The most, uh, the most popular pick amongst our listeners was Harry Potter and the Prince of Azkaban. Mm. Uh, picked by Small Talk, Nick, Hannah, Vince, C Plaque 2, Brett, and Nostalgia Society. Close calls? Uh, yeah, my close call is Hannibal by Thomas Harris. Um, that is, of course, the Hannibal Lecter. Um, I think it's the second book in the series. Uh, but I re- I've read these just a few years ago, maybe, and uh, really enjoyed them. Um, they're just like quick fast-paced uh like you know i guess if you like that type of stuff already but uh they are good books um but this guy is like so weird he has only i think he's only written like one other book besides the three hannibal books um anyway just sort of lucked out with the silence of the lambs is the first hannibal book like from the 80s because i know hannibal Lecter is a character in the mid 80s movie manhunter Yes, that's the same. Manhunter is the same uh, story as Silence of the Lambs. Or maybe Hannibal. I, I forget what now. But it's the same series. It's a. But I didn't re- so the books are that? The, the first book is that old? Um, yeah. Yeah, my close call is um, a book called Cryptonomicon by uh, Neil Stevenson. The action takes place in two periods World War II and the late 1990s. During the internet boom and the Asian financial crisis. In 1942, Lawrence Pritchard Waterhouse, a young United States Navy codebreaker and mathematical genius, is assigned to the newly formed Joint British and American Detachment. This ultra-secret unit's role is to hide the fact that Allied intelligence has cracked the German Enigma code. The detachment stages events often behind enemy lines that provide alternative explanations for the Allied intelligence successes. Uh, U.S. Marine Sergeant Bobby Shafto blah 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 um uh blah, blah, blah. anyway um so it, it kind of continued it's it's kind of a, a book that's interested in kind of the history of encryption and decryption um and kind of stages like alternate historical realities to kind of explain the way that things happen and th- i think this is what neil stevenson does so well He's, that's what makes him one of my favorite writers is it's almost like reading historical fiction, but it's to me, it's like, I don't know. It's like a genius that I can't even imagine to not only like really understand these historical events, but to kind of create a different way that kind of connects all these things together in the absence of like understanding how something crazy happened. Like I think I've talked about in, in Quicksilver, which is the first, I, th- I guess this would be like the fourth book of a, of a, a series that kind of does this, um, this thing that Stevenson does, you know, like talking about, um, the context in with, in which like calculus is invented or, and he, and he uses historical figures like Albert Einstein's a, is, is a character in this book. Ronald Reagan is a character in this book. Anyway, just if you're into historical fiction and you're also into kind of like, it's got, it's like speculative too. Um, it's kind of a, a way of doing intellectual history and historical fact 
fiction and kind of speculative fiction all in one. Um, the books are always really long, but they are like super, super engrossing. And just to me, like some of the smartest stuff that I'll ever read. Yeah, that's cool that you picked that. And weird because uh, those books are like, I have uh, Quicksilver like on my shelf right now and I've tried to start it before and it just seemed so overwhelming that I couldn't get very far um and I just as like I read more about what it was about I was like oh man I'm never gonna I felt like I was never gonna be able to follow it um but maybe I'll give it another shot now I I mean it's definitely overwhelming did you watch Game of Thrones Andrew yeah I mean think of it kind of like that like you're like and and you know like when you start watching Game of Thrones you're like this is I'll never know who all these characters are I'm never going to understand the context but then you just like mm. it eventually clicks you know um you just got to I think you just got to yeah, stick yeah. with it and I've and I've I've read Quicksilver um recently with I was, I was working with this kid who's like a homeschooled math genius and he wanted um you know like practice <laughs> becoming a better writer and there's a lot of like cool math stuff in quicksilver so we read that book together and it was similar for him he's like i'm like not following this but by the end of the book he was like totally obsessed he read the second book immediately on his own afterwards um so i think that the if if you're just a little patient with it it, it'll uh it'll pay off but i just could not recommend any of those books anymore uh well listeners picks uh we have a walk to remember picked by nico and marley we have high time to kill by uh picked by true 90s nick just zach picked darwin's radio um jordan ally nostalgia society and melissa picked the perks of being a wallflower um brett picked uh timeline by michael Crichton. um t-bear dart picked from hell and shay picked spark I love Perks of Being a Wallflower. I think that's a great book. Did you guys have any Fergusons? Um, yeah. My Ferguson, just by default, and it's not to say that the book is bad, is uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, um, no. I, I actually really liked it. Uh, it's just... Uh, Did it's you just read not, it in school? Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I oh, read no. it like, during those years. Not for school, though. <laughs> um. But no, it's really good. Well written. Like it's just so uh it's got that like particular teenage malaise feel to it, I feel like, that I just wouldn't go back too often. But um but yeah, I, I mean it's a good book though. But yeah. By default, Ferguson. Cool. Chris, any Ferguson's? Yeah, my Ferguson is uh Ralph Ellison's Juneteenth. Uh Ralph Ellison known uh for writing one of the best books of the 20th century invisible man um this was his unfinished novel that got kind of cobbled together uh but just wasn't finished enough to merit being cobbled together and i think for a while it kind of did damage to his reputation just because it kind of sucked um i'm thinking of that um not not quite to the degree of that Harper Lee uh, to kill a mockingbird sequel where everyone finds out that Harper Lee or, uh, or that uh, 
that Atticus Finch is a racist or I forgot. I, I didn't read it. I just know that there's like some absurd thing that's like, this was easily preventable. Um, but instead, uh, you know, the estate's just trying to make money. Um, kind of felt like that to me, just like didn't need to be, uh, uh, just didn't need to be put out. I was, I was excited to read it because, you know, other than um, Invisible Man, Ralph Ellison, I don't think he has any other novels. He's got a lot of short stories. Um, but uh, yeah, just something that didn't need to exist by a, a otherwise great writer. <laughs> well, should we move to interesting events? Sure. Um, I picked this one just because of the like kind of effect that it had on me at the time and beyond. Um, but it was when 3.4 million copies of the rescuers on VHS were recalled due to two frames of a nude woman being <laughs> visible. <to Michael. laughs> the best um, event of 1999. <laughs> <laughs> this just kind of like set me off on a whole Easter egg, like thing that I kind of got obsessed with for a while. Um, just like, and not, and you know, they're not all, uh, adult Easter eggs, like these things that appear in the movies and stuff. But, um, uh, you know, it's just like a fun thing to look into, like all the secrets that they include in these things. Um, and, uh, I remember there's a website that I actually looked and it's still available called eeggs.com that, uh, like organizes all the Easter eggs in everything basically. So you can kind of just like go through and, um, check out what, like bizarre things are hidden and stuff. Um, so anyway, it was just like a fun, just set off a fun uh, little adventure type thing. Man, I didn't even know that happened. That's uh, fascinating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get a copy of it? Did you ever get like a copy of one? Uh, I, I I never got a copy of that, but there was like, you know, there was other stuff that we had, other Disney stuff. Disney's got like a lot of, those types of things in there but um it just like set us off like going through all our uh vhs tapes and trying to yeah. find stuff right well kind of on the heels of andrew's event here i went with nothing because i i the more i looked into um the events of 1999 the more i was like shocked that i couldn't find anything that really felt like it would crack the top 10 of any other year that we've done like there wasn't mm. like and 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 yeah. for me it maybe this has to do with that it seemed like everything in 1999 was about popular culture like every every ounce of intellectual uh you know endeavoring uh was like oriented towards producing pop culture which just kind of seemed to explode in a, in a way in 1999 that like, I just don't mm. recall being, you know, on, you know, it, it just seems to be in another stratosphere compared to other years of the nineties. So almost as like a, as a acknowledgement of that, I chose to forgo a, a biggest or favorite event of 1999. Very good. It definitely, um, it definitely has that feel. Yeah, um, for sure everything feels pretty pop culture oriented or like, um, you know, new technology oriented. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, I, yeah, I was even stretching a little, of course, obviously. Yeah. Well, I, I went personal. 
mm. which I sometimes do, sometimes don't. But uh, my my event for the year was our uh, Washington D.C. trip, oh. Um, oh. which I think really solidified our friendship. Um, like Andrew, Andrew and I had already been friends, but I have photographic evidence that you know uh, Andrew, Chris, Brett, and myself all roomed together. <laughs> Uh, and I feel like this was right around the time we were getting to know each other. Um, yeah, I and, uh, I feel like, you know, after that, once your roomies in Washington, DC, I mean, that's all there is to it. Um, and I truly fell in love with Washington. Uh, I was already kind of starting to gain a, like an interest in history and I felt like so excited by the city. I remember very melodramatically telling one of the teachers on the trip that like, I want to like, I want to move and live here. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have gotten to spend a, a lot of time in Washington, DC, uh, for personal reasons. And I still love the city. Uh, I don't love exactly what happens in the city, but I love the city itself and kind of how it's just kind of this living, uh, monument to historical past. And yeah, I have very fond memories of that trip of putting my Walkman on, listening to Jimmy's chicken shack, bring your own stereo desperately scouring the national mall for, um, um, danger man's album and being late for our bus. Um, it was a very, very fun trip. Um, yeah, it was almost on negocia. <laughs> you got it, man. Let's make a deal. Um, I just remember, uh, getting somehow ending up on a different bus uh which was fine i just you know it's a long drive for yeah hanging out with all these other <laughs> dummies <laughs> pretty sure i sat next to brett because i remember him forcing me to listen to rufio <laughs> yeah, sounds like a fun time <laughs> um close calls um, yeah, I got a few, I guess my official one is Napster debuting. Uh, okay. You know, it was a pretty big like yeah. event sort of at the time for a yeah. certain type of person, I guess. Um, also just wanted to mention, uh, Kevin Smith protesting dogma, uh, and introducing himself on the news as his friend. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, They Might Be Giants was the first band to release an album in MP3 format. Wow. That's true? Yeah. It's really interesting. Chris, do you have, I mean, nothing still? No, nothing. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Um, well, I should say listeners pick overwhelmingly was the Y2K, Y2K fiasco. Hmm. Uh, Nico, True 90s, Jordan, T-Bear Dart, Nostalgia, and uh, Melissa. I'll pick that. And uh, as you heard at the clip at the start of the show, I just love that clip. It's like, um, I only, I shortened it to about a minute and a half, but there's a, if you go to YouTube, there's a six minute clip of celebrities freaking out about uh, Y2K. Um, so the clip I played, um, I think, uh, let's see, uh, Christina Aguilera is in there. Blink 182. The best one easily is John Popper from Blues Traveler. Who's like just <laughs> melting down over it. Like get your money out of the bank. Um, you know, you had a, I think Jay-Z's in there. Anyway, very funny. Uh, my my close call was the first commercial Bluetooth device goes for sale. Mm. Uh, you know, another consumerism type thing, but I 
do think Bluetooth technology is like maybe nowadays the thing that I am very thankful for. Um, I am like a headphones on an all time person and I need mm-hmm. like, I'm so grateful that I don't have to like be strapped <laughs> to anything. Or, uh, so I love boots. I love luxury. Bluetooth. Quite a luxury. <laughs> quite. A, yeah, I mean, maybe to the dismay of people in my life, but uh, <laughs> you know, doing the dishes, headphones on. Mm. Cutting the grass, headphones on. <laughs> Going for a walk, headphones on. Um, yeah. Uh, other things people shouted out. Of course, Ben said the new millennium. Just Zach mentioned the Mars rover. Small talk, T-Bear and Zach mentioned Napster. Nick and Vince mentioned the impeachment of Bill Clinton. Uh, Brett mentioned the Disco- uh, Discovery docks with the International Space Station. <laughs> Manny mentioned Paul Rubin's comeback. And uh, Allie mentioned... Um, Y2J when Chris Jericho joined WWF. <laughs> mm. Very nice. We yeah. all remember where we were on that day. Sure. Y2J, man. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Ferguson. Uh, yeah. My Ferguson was the Y2K uh, hysteria. Okay. I feel like that. that's a fitting Ferguson. Um, yeah. And, you know, I don't know. Just a goofy thing. It went on for so long and it was just like, it was such a mundane thing that people thought was going to ruin everything that uh, it was just kind of bizarre. And then when it find like when midnight finally can't- comes around and nothing happens, it's just like, yeah, you know, what the hell? Underwhelming. Yeah. I'd forgotten the whole like, don't get on an airplane. Like it will crash oh, yeah. if you're on an airplane <laughs> at midnight. Like just what are we talking about here? <laughs> And it does, it feels like the perfect thing to go into this millennium of like this conspiracy theory, yeah. crackpot, you know, every, <laughs> everything's on fire mindset. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Chris Ferguson. Uh, yeah, I, I just put the advent of Napster. Um, I mm. benefited from that selfishly but i think that it (laughs) you know it destroyed the music industry i mean no bands make money from selling their uh their songs anymore and this was the moment that got the ball rolling on that i mean it's i love paying 10 bucks a month for spotify and listening to everything i want but it's like and i'm not strong enough to (laughs) or financially stable enough to um, go back to the old way of doing things, but it was a Pandora's box that I think is probably ultimately bad for art. Um, even though selfishly, you know, I benefit from it. Um, yeah, I understand. Uh, and I feel like that's the prevailing take, but I also feel like the pe- the bands that were really suffering from this i feel like were the ones that were already ultra famous whereas people that were totally unknown suddenly have this platform to put their music out there for somebody to see it suddenly um so i feel like it's just like the u2s that are like we're missing out on these extra millions that we wanted to make but yeah yeah. A lot of people don't know this, but Chris Chris was um, originally included in Lars Ulrich uh, lawsuit. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was I was one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he dodged it. Um, 
mine is uh hey, mine sorry. is one that i've oh go, go ahead chris go ahead. i i have to go okay all right chris is Thanks. leaving us bye chris See you, all right Chris. see you guys thanks for having me all right good times thanks for coming. he's gonna miss my ferguson um <laughs> <laughs> uh so my ferguson for 1999 is woodstock uh a oh. some something i feel like totally uh represents like where we were headed like this this just purely for-profit this unnecessary recreation like in the vein of like sequels and remakes uh with this grotesque lineup of macho masculine rock uh that just was disgusting the whole festival just like disgusting from uh, like from <laughs> tip to tip to toe uh yeah they there was a movie posted on hbo recently called woodstock 99 and like uh i think it's just makes it very clear like top to bottom this is just a corporate festival very gross bands were gross the treatment of the people at the festival were gross just an unnecessary i don't know it to me it like represented the end of the decade and kind of where we, we were headed in the new decade yeah. in century so uh, didn't like it interesting <laughs> uh yeah I, I i don't remember what bands now were on it but i remember hearing about it at the time just it being a mess yeah here let me let me read you a, little, a few of the, mm. the headliners here um all right let's see this is the official poster okay so this is like what they were considering mm. there okay. yeah. um aerosmith bush the chemical brothers um creed dmx everlast uh foo fighters godsmack um kid rock corn Limp Biscuit, uh, Limp Biscuit, I think was like the huge one. Lit Live, Dave Matthews Band, Metallica, Alanis Morissette somehow. Uh, <laughs> Our Lady Peace, Rage Against the Machine, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Sugar Ray, the freaking Brian Setzer Orchestra, <laughs> Offspring, um, Wyclef. So like not all of them, but like there. I remember, you know the the they said things really were like focused on like corn limp biscuit yeah. kind of that whole just angry like the festival yeah, yeah. was a bunch of angry 20 year old boys um <laughs> yeah sure. um other ferguson picks uh nickelodeon going downhill was picked by heath um oh, just yeah. just just zach mentioned you know even though the mars rover went up that year uh, 11 months later they lost contact in mm -hmm. december so losing contact with the rover yeah. and of course um a bunch of people brooks throw revert marcus and zach mentioned uh the columbine shooting oh, yeah. um which yeah was felt like a pretty formative event i think in any oh, yeah. american kid's life as we always wrap up sports recap here i know you're on the edge of your seat sure. andrew oh yeah uh yankees win the world series over the braves 4-0 the nice. san antonio spurs uh win the nba championship over the new york knicks 4-1 uh the Denver Broncos win the Super Bowl over the Atlanta Falcons, 34 to 19. And Dallas wins over Buffalo for the Stanley Cup, 4 to 2. Mm. That is uh, that is your year in review, folks. We've we've really I think we've hit it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> yeah. It was like it's a weirdly packed year. It just you can feel you can definitely feel things changing. Um, yes. Yes. Um, 
Now, I think we have every intention of continuing on. We're, we're yeah. headed to the 2000s, where I think things are going to get even weirder, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, well, Andrew, the 90s may be over, but uh, our interest in the shows that aired is not. What are we talking about next? Uh, we're going to be talking an episode we have kind of glossed over so far somehow, but it's the charity, My Brother and Me. Yes. Long awaited. This is the Kendall Gill episode, folks. Yep. Um, can't wait to talk about it. My brother and me. This is our third one, but uh, you know, obviously, I think the one everybody's waiting for. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. If you want to get a hold of us, in the meantime, we are on Twitter at BOC Podcast, Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. Um, you can find us on Gmail, Orange Couch Podcast. And uh, you can find us on Spotify, Podbean, and iTunes, Apple Apple uh, Music, or, or Apple Podcasts. I don't know. You can find us out there. Um, we're, of course, thankful to our friend Chris for being our friend yeah. and for spending uh, more time than I think <laughs> we, we had anticipated on uh, yeah. 1999. Um, yeah. For sure. Well, uh, we hope we'll see all you freaks and geeks next Battery high. Connector to Joseph Siphon.